Welcome to the Profits in Pajamas podcast. I'm Danielle DeTeach, or Coach Danny D, and I help women to create luxury brands by creating processes and tightening their branding. This is where we talk about how to build your business in a way that allows you to work with ease and enjoy your life. My happy space is spending as much time as humanly possible in my pajamas. And I want to help others to find their happy space while still running profitable businesses. So get comfortable and let's dig in. Hello and welcome to the Profits in Pajamas podcast. I am your host, Coach Danny D, and I'm always here helping you to learn how to work with ease. So we're looking for those ways to find that elusive work-life balance where you are living your passion, you're having success in your life, your business, and you can experience joy. Like that's what we're here for. That's, you know, that's what we're on this earth for. We're not on this earth to work and die. Like that's just not it. So (laughs) That's why I'm here. I am so, so happy to have my guest today, Coach Cassie J. You guys going to love her. You're going to absolutely love her. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about her and then we're just going to jump into the episode. So Coach Cassie J is an advocate and a champion for mental rest. There's some more words after that, but I had to pause on mental rest, y'all, because Y'all know how I feel about rest. Okay. Wellness and women's emotional healing. Oh, so important, especially in our community. As a survivor turned thriver of her own battles of trauma and mental illness, Coach Cassie J is working to encourage other black and brown women to stand in their truth. Breaking the silence barrier around trauma that has kept that has kept many trapped and empowering them to take off the superwoman cape. Oof. Ma'am. <laughs> ah, ma'am. Uh, Coach Cassie J has taken her experience as a survivor and founded the nonprofit organization Black Women Do Heal in 2019. There she is facilitating meaningful conversations and healing spaces to break the stigma of getting mental health and emotional support in her community to support, to to promote holistic healing. There is so much packed in there. (laughs) There is so much packed in there. I can't wait to get into this conversation. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Coach Danny. I'm so excited to be here. Um, and rest, when you talked about your love and passion for rest, I'm like, yes, these are my people. <laughs> it's so, it's so absolutely important. And I actually did an episode recently and it was just about slowing down. And it's because I'm I'm just looking around and I see the pain and I've experienced it. I know you've experienced it, the pain that asso- that's associated with not getting that rest. So it, it's so important. So I know that this is going to be a powerful conversation. So yeah. I'm going to give you an opportunity to tell us a little bit more about yourself and how did you get into this work? Like, how did you get here? Ooh, we, uh, and I'm tickled to death because that is literally the title of our next event. <laughs> yes, 
Yes. Oh my gosh. But um, how did I get here? Um, a multitude of ways, actually, um, like many of our stories, right? Um, through um, childhood, going through a tough childhood, um, eventually falling into some extremely unhealthy romantic relationships that led to three marriages and three divorces, um, overjudging myself, very mm. quickly being a parent, um, the things that I was and wasn't doing, trying to be um, a great parent, but not necessarily being a great parent. <laughs> I, I, that makes a total sense. It makes absolutely right. sense. Working to this, this idea more so than the action. Um, overworking myself um, came from that um, PhD from People Please University that I, you know, started working on in my youth. And um, from calling me at the last second on a job, I'll take it, I'll do it, I got you. Um, to, you know, going over above and beyond, bending over backwards for friends or, you know, colleagues, what have you, um, in my relationships. And even to a degree, even with my kids, you know, doing things, especially once they became an adult that was still people-pleasing, trying to win this approval, trying to gain this stuff. And then recognizing through my journey to get to mental, that brought me to my mental health realization, um, when my boys were in middle school, they just lost their minds. They like lost them, like where they went, we don't know, but they were not with us. <laughs> they were not. And um, it just seemed like it was something literally every day. It got to the point where we had no peace of house. We had no um, room to breathe, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I could drop them off at school. Sometimes by the time I made it to the exit, it was like, I'm getting a call and I have to turn around and go back. Um, no peace at home, no peace at church. I mean, it was just a lot. So we got thrust into the mental health system because nothing else that we were doing was working. Mm -hmm. And um, I was born in the 70s. So I'm gonna let you just use your imagination about what was what I was doing that was not working. <laughs> okay. We 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 we're not gonna we're not gonna record evidence. We're not gonna record evidence. We're not, okay. Yeah, we're not gonna record that. Okay, we're not gonna record. We're gonna just use our imagination. Our imagination. Old school tactics. Old school tactics. And so none of these things were helping. None of these things were working. None of these things were course correcting. Whatever you want to say. And so I actually got a referral from an unlikely source to check out this program for um, my kids to put them in you know, that would maybe help straighten them out. And of course, I just want my kid back. Right. Like, I want my kids back. And it started right. with one that was really, really cutting up. And after that camp experience, it was like, okay, y'all need more help than this. <laughs> right, right. Y'all need more help than this. And so we got put into the program. It was extended wraparound program um, where they had the therapist, they had the counselors, they had the caseworkers. I mean, you know, just everybody. And they would come to the house and have these conversations. They would talk to the kids and they would talk to me too to gauge what was going on and sometimes the teachers, but it was also um, them doing a lot of education. At that time, Danny, Coach Danny, I wasn't trying to hear none about this mental health journey. I wasn't trying to hear none of it. <laughs> you were just like, please behave. Like, that's all I want. Hey, act like you got some sense, right? <laughs> Can we do this? Can we please? And so they would, the therapist would be trying to explain the stuff to me. And in my head, I'm like, I don't believe none of this. But all I know is that 
I need y'all to fix this situation and then you can leave my house because I don't trust y'all. I don't want you here. <laughs> I'm saying all this Understood. in my head. Right? Understood. Right. I mean, well, we we have to think about where we came from. And, you know, all of that stuff is a part of our, you know, history, our legacy of things that we carry, you know, you know, we, we are people of trust issues. I mean, we right. are. We, we got them. rightfully so we earned them you know we earned our badge okay earned it so I, I don't want you here I don't trust you I don't know that I believe you I just know that nothing else has worked and the only reason you're here is because I have absolutely no 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 other place to go I have nothing we have no support here we are and so you're talking about some ADHD and I'm just thinking to myself I got your ADHD as soon as you leave this house <laughs> old school methods you. <laughs> right <laughs> again none of this was working um and so through multiple inpatients outpatients long-term short-term acute cares you know um we went through a period of about three years where there was about anywhere from three to six months where one of my boys was not in the house because they were in a program and it was um it was devastating it was exhausting at the same time, I'm still doing the 2.5 jobs. And I say that because a lot of times I worked the one job as it was two. And right. Also, right. Um, and so I was working like a Hebrew slave, no pun intended. Um, and it was just exhausted, Ex- absolutely exhausted, no support, especially when you're talking about mental health stuff, because everybody's nervous about that. It's not like having a kid that has, um, you know, intellectual disabilities, or they have a physical disability, it is, oh, oh, okay, no, you, you keep that over there, right, it was a struggle learning how to advocate for them, um, advocating for myself, mm-hmm. and trying to care and be there for them, and it was just overwhelming, and along the way, God is gracious, and um, one of the therapists was so kind, and she would just gently nudge and say, um, well, uh, Cassandra, you could use from some counseling too. You could use from some therapy too. At the time, I wasn't trying to hear Coach Danny. I was like, I understood you. Like, what you trying to say about me? No, I, here was my logic. When they start calling the kids' school to tell them y'all need to come get y'all mama because right. she acting up at work. Right. Then we can have that conversation. Right. That's not what's happening. <laughs> So I'm not the issue. I I am not the issue. Girl, I was the issue. <laughs> Look, most times that's the case. Most times we are the issue. <laughs> right. Most times we are totally the issue. And the one thing that I I I'm hearing in your story, which I know is true my story is different but it's true in my story the question I want to ask is why do we always wait until we hit rock bottom oh you know as a as a recovery coach um I'm gonna tell you there's something that happens at rock bottom and here's the other thing when we say rock bottom rock bottom is not always what we think it is people think that rock bottom is the most horrific um, place ever when actuality that rock bottom experience 
it's the place where you're like, you know what? I can't do this no more. What the heck? Right. And it could be just the smallest thing. And it's just something clicks inside of you where you're like, I don't know what's ahead. Like, I'm, no, no, like the end. I don't know why I was doing it, but this is the end. This is the end. I don't necessarily know what's on the other side, but I know it's got to be better than here. Right. It's got to be better than here. And so through that little spark of hope at that place of bottom, now we can do something different, you know? And in my journey, I had that later on, but that was not the time I was having it. But later on, I did have that journey, you know, where it was like, it just clicked one day. Um, the kids were acting a fool. They were at home. Everybody was at home for a change, which at this time was had become a rarity. Um, we, we're at home. They are clowning, just running around, chasing each other with knives. Like it's, it's hilarious. And I'm just screaming to the top of my lungs. We had just moved and trying to unpack on my day off and get situated. And they are not helping at all. I'm just exhausted. And I'm just like, this, this, I, I can't do it. And I sat on the couch and I was checking out. I was literally on the couch daydreaming about, I could go to the state hospital. You know, they have jello at the state hospital. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm, I'm like, laughing because look, I didn't had a couple of moments where I was like, you know what? <laughs> right. I mean, like, you know, a, a little hospital stay ain't that bad. You know, they got jello and I like jello. I don't like it with the fruit and stuff in it, but like the red kind without the fruit, I could eat jello. I could look out the window and see the ponds and the and the ducks walking, and it would be nice. I wouldn't have any bills. I wouldn't be yelling at folks to stop chasing each other with knives. It could just, it, you know, I could totally do this. I could do this. I could just, I could just leave right now. And while I'm having this very detailed daydream and I'm just gone, I hear all of a sudden my baby boy go, hey, y'all, hey, y'all stop. Hey, y'all stop. Something wrong with mama. Something wrong with mama. And sis, it, it snapped me back. Right there in that moment, it snapped me back. And I remembered immediately my mom checking out on us. Mm -hmm. I remembered the pain that was. I remembered um, feeling so alone and not having her at that capacity because she she just left. And I was like, I got to get some help. <laughs> and I called that same therapist who had suggested a few years before that I needed help. And it was like, okay, I'm ready now. And she gave me some resources. I went on and you know worked toward getting an appointment. And it was later at the, by the end of that year after working with him that I finally saw a psychiatrist, got my confirm confirmation <laughs> diagnosis of having bipolar disorder, um, and really started my intentional healing journey. And through that, starting to recognize, like you were saying, we're not supposed to work and die. Cause I was tired. I was like, this is it. I'm just supposed to, this is what I'm doing. Um, recognizing that I needed rest, not just because of the bipolar disorder. No, I needed rest because I was human. That part. That part. That um, part. You know, and so giving myself that time to start figuring out what rest looked like for me, you know, that 
um, this working myself to the bone, this working all these hours and getting the attaboys on the back and, you know, oh my gosh, girl, you my shero because I'm killing myself. Right, right, right. I, I just cut off an arm to do that, but I'm glad you like it. Okay, that's it. Um, could you pass me something so I can collect the blood? Keep it right. Close? I didn't want bleed on your papers, so. Yes. <laughs> you know, just. Yeah. I'm gonna just go back in the back over here and see if it, you know, <laughs> regenerates like the lizards. I don't know, but okay. I'll, I'll be back with the next assignment in 20 minutes. Right, right. You know, Ooh, Lord have mercy, girl. <laughs> you know, I remember it was so bad. I was so bad that I would be in the actual hospital getting ready for procedures, and they're like, um, Miss, you have to put the phone down. I'm still working. I'm still either working or with my volunteer work at church. I'm still setting up rides and, you know, doing my responsibilities to make yep. sure all, you know. Yep. They, they wheeling me out. <laughs> and I'm still like, wait, you know, and yep. then get praised about, oh, my gosh, she's she does this. She's so strong. I was trying, I was tired. <laughs> right. And first of all, like, like at this point in my life, telling me I'm strong is like cussing me out. Look, friend, I've been there, done that. I, yeah, I know. I know it. I don't need it no more. I, you know what? I won't be, I won't be weak. Let me be weak, friend. Let me just let somebody me. carry it for me. How about that? Okay. Because now I didn't ask for this strength. And I think mm -mm. This journey was has been a revelation to me, and part of the work and that led me to the work is that none of us asked for this strength. My mom checking out on that couch, you know, and not being the same for a number of years, she didn't ask for this strength. She didn't ask to really carry this uh -huh. and to be alone. That, um, and it's and we have to remember that there's a lot that comes with that. But you know, even we as women sometimes can be very critical of one another, right? Ooh. That we can stand with you while you're strong or what have you. But the minute you show signs that you're exhausted, the minute you show signs that you can't go on, the minute you show signs that you're weakness and you need to take a break, it's, but what are you doing? What's wrong with you? You just have to suck it up like everybody else. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Look, I won't pause on that for a moment because- I've shared with people, you know, when I'm dealing with somebody and they are making that transition out of grind culture and everything that is going on with that, the one of the first things I share with them is that you're going to get pushback. Right. And nine times out of 10, it's going to be from other women and other women right. that look like you. And right. it, you know, initially, you know, when it happened to me, I, I, it was hurtful, but, you know, I'm at a place now where I, I have to keep reminding myself, we are all healing in different ways, in different spaces. And some of us are at different spots on, you know, every, every healing path has a, a spectrum and right. we may not be on in, in the same place. And so that is not a reflection of me. It's not a reflection of my relationship with that person. It's a reflection of that person's relationship with self. That part. Because that part. they have not come to realize that they deserve rest. Rest. Mm -mm. 
that yeah. it is a birthright, not a not something you have to earn, not something that's a special treat for, you know, special occasions. It's it's a part of how we are meant to function. And so they are not there yet. And you have to you have to kind of just separate yourself a little bit, put distance there. And you could feel however you want to feel about it. I'm still going to rest. Right. I'm still going to go take that nap. I don't really care what you think about it. I'm not going to be thinking about you while I'm sleeping either. No, no. And I'm glad that you said that, you know, about, you know, you have to kind of separate yourself from it. It's something that I have personally had to do. And I know you have based on, you know, your journey. It is something I'm having to encourage some of the women that I'm working with too to do. Because why? It is, you're, you're indoctrinated in this idea that if I'm not being productive, I'm not doing, any, I'm not being any good. I have to be productive. I have to be on, 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 on. To the point I want to stop you. I'm going to let you finish your thought. We're going to switch the word productive with busy. Ooh, well, I think it's both. Because- but I think that people mistake. So productive, the definition of productive includes the, the word efficient. Right. And efficient Ooh. means doing you know, things in a way that you are doing more with less. And that's really different from busy because, um, you know, I do a calendar detox challenge. And one of the things that we uncover in that is a good, I'm going to safely say, you know, 60 and above percent of what you do has absolutely nothing to do with you reaching your success story. Mm. It's busy work. Mm. You tired, you, you are legitimately tired, but it's right. busy work. Wow, yes. Now I can I can definitely see what you're saying. I can see what you're saying. And you're right, we'll switch it to busyness. But we are taught that we have to keep moving. We have to keep doing these things. So when it's time to rest, you're feeling guilty. Mm. Yes, yes. You know, like I shouldn't be doing this. I shouldn't be allowed to do this. And so that permission that you were talking about earlier, it's like you only get that permission to rest when you when you're physically ill. Because we 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 don't believe in any mental health days. So uh-huh. when you're physically ill, you know, when um, there's something horrific that has happened in your life and extremely traumatic, which tra- trauma happens on the spectrum too. And it affects all of us very differently, but we don't give ourselves and each other sometimes that grace. Watch uh-uh. a cup, you'll be all right. You know? No, I was reading this thing. Um, and it was it, it, somebody made a post and they were talking about their personal experience. They were overwhelmed and they said that and they were um sharing how people were not respecting that. And so everybody keeps checking on them and this and that. And they like, they, and I think it's the same. Like I, you know, you know, my grandmother, when my grandmother passed, my grandmother's very close to me and I had to be the adult of the situation for various reasons. And in that moment, I'm like, the way that we grieve and, you know, do celebration of life and I'm like this is dumb like I'm like so somebody very close to me passed away and then I gotta call 4,000 people and tell them about it and listen to them cry about it and then Mm -hmm. I need to throw a a somebody died party 
<laughs> when all I really want to do is just go sit somewhere. That part. And I mean, it has its benefits. I think the, you know, like just the being around people as opposed to getting into your, you know, but like there's some parts that it's like, this not about you right now. Like, you know, I mean, I know you have a connection to this person, but you know what? The fact that I had to call you means that you weren't like here. So maybe give me a moment maybe I don't want to tell the details of every part of what happened right, right. 45 times maybe y'all call each other y'all could all talk amongst yourselves you know but it's right. just it, you don't you're put in a position of a host yes most in the certain. moment when people really should be caring for you right right and um, I, I recently had an experience of kind of being on the outside closeness <laughs> of a of my godmother passing, and um, her daughter is my best friend of, of many years, and seeing that up close, um, they did have people caring for them, and that was a great situation as opposed to some others that I've seen. But at the same time, the amount of mental, emotional energy that you're still having to put out because you're still having to make decisions and be a host. So you're hosting at the actual celebration. You're hosting at the repast. You're hosting at the family and friends hour. Everything is a whole decision and the things leading up to it. Um, and it's just like, all of this is overwhelming. And I'm, I'm just sitting there and I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm not doing this to my family. Y'all put me in a container somewhere. Don't <laughs> I'm so serious. Don't even spend all that money. Keep some so let's build some generational wealth. Put me in a little container. If you want to get together, fine. But no, it's, it's going to be written. Do not do this to yourself. Do not. It's just, it's a challenge. And it, but it also like, again, it shows you where, people are on their own respective healing journeys because you know in you saying that there were some people that you know were so instrumental to me holding on right right but then there were other people that was like like I'm like I'm, I'm sorry I didn't have food cooked for you <laughs> oh going through some stuff right now but you know right right and to me it's that that recognition of honor of rest, honor of the situation you're going through at that time and or season that you're in and having those people that on some level get it, you know, right. okay. Like you said, I under, I, cause I understand the spectrum, you know, cause we're not all in the same space. No, I get that. no, no, <laughs> I get that. But in, I know that you probably can relate in this season of my wellness, my personal and the wellness that I'm promoting, um, I, I, there are certain overwhelming situations that are just, this just too much. It's too much. No, it, 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 <laughs> it becomes boundaries. It becomes, you know, just boundaries set. Um, I jokingly, my friends think this is so funny. I, I was just like, so if somebody get on my nerves, I, I'm about to wild out and I'm just going to say I'm bereaved. And so when somebody 
when somebody else has a because I'm the person that I'm gonna bring levity to whatever situation it is. I just will. Um, I I I was raised that way. My grandmother was that way. My father was that way. Um, so that's just me. But yeah. I'm just that that was my thing. Like, cause there was some people that really did like like push the limit, and I. I pushed right back and my, my cousin was like, you can't do that. I said, I'm bereaved. And so <laughs> I'll joke with, you know, other people. I know when somebody passes away, when they start to get that frustration, you know, they're venting. I said, yeah, I said, just cuss them out and say you bereaved. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but it is, you know, we, we have to start setting boundaries around our, you know, mental rest because there are more people who are not on this journey than that are on it. Absolutely. Especially when you go to look like us. Yes. Just be real. When you go to look like us, it's even less because we are still ascribing to that. And even again, because it's all, it's on a spectrum where you are on the spectrum. Um, sometimes where you are in that promotion of your rest still isn't necessarily rest. You know, it's, it's the illusion thereof. And so again, be showing grace, but definitely understanding, okay, this is where I am and it's okay. I'm working on it. What my definition of rest is, what that looks like for me, what that feels like for me. And that's okay. Starting where you can start with what you got. Yes. You know, showing yourself some compassion in that and building your rest practice from there. Just grace. Grace. I love that. I absolutely love the idea of grace because I think one of the things that I see is that, you know, especially because this is what we talk about here a lot. And, you know, and I, I see people who I know who are, you know, following and they they're it's resonating, but at the same time, it's almost just like just like we're in that fast paced, you know, grind culture. We want this to happen so fast and it's not. A overnight right. thing it's a process you're unlearning what you've been taught from birth from birth and oh my gosh I'm so glad you said that you know one of the, the the most difficult challenging but beautiful things we do in this intentional healing journey is unlearn it is one of the most powerful things you will do because you're not just unlearning the things that people told you, showed, you know, you know, we're showing you, you're actually unlearning bits of yourself too. Mm -hmm. Things that you thought you were, that you didn't even realize that you didn't even ask for that. Right. It's somebody else stuff. It's somebody else stuff. You, you've been taking it on, but this doesn't belong to you. You're unlearning ideals as you become more aware, not only of yourself, but the world around you. You know, you're shedding and unlearning so many things and rest is no different. You know, as you are shedding the idea of busyness, as you are shedding that idea of um, support, even, mm -hmm. you know, especially that those of us that are givers, I know those of us that, you know, are trying to destroy those degrees from people, please university. Oh, girl. Okay. They must have, they laminated them things. Okay. You're just trying to. You're trying to tear it, but they laminated them. <laughs> okay. But when you when you've had that experience where you are you're you're proficient, highly proficient in um people pleasing, 
you know, you're, you're shedding that idea of what does support look like? What does me being a giver look like? What does me um, helping my community or mm-hmm. my ch- or my kids or my family and my loved ones, what does support look like, you know, and how can I provide that, be true to myself and not overextend my capacity? Well, that's where that recognition of rest comes in at. You know, those last minute calls that come in and, oh my gosh, it's so important. Da, 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 da. Okay, this is going to sound bad, but I'm just going to no, say No, 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 no. We, we step on toes over here. Go ahead. If day is dead and you call because day's dead, day's dead. Right. Day's dead. Right. But there's nothing I could do about it. There's nothing that you can do. Um, you, unless you were right there close, like you were saying, those key people, mm-hmm. unless you were right there close and that's a different relationship. If you kind of out here, why, why, why are you rushing over there to go sit up with folk? Mm-mm. You know, even if you want to support and you say, well, I want to do something because I know they're not going to have time to cook. Wonderful. They have services for that now. Right, you know? right. You can right. support, you can support without giving mm-hmm. yourself over and you right. can support within your own limitations and boundaries. And yes. that, that, you know, at, look, I got, I got one of them people, please, the uh, giving heart impasse. <laughs> I got yes. a cross degree, girl. I got a cross degree. So, and the certifications, it's multiple, <laughs> multiple disciplines. So, um, you know, it is not easy. You know what I'm saying? It's not an easy, it's not easy to make that transition, um, for me, one thing that's been beneficial has been because I know how I am, I have to be mindful of who's in my circle. That part, that and, part. And then I have to be intentional about, okay, I know what my success story looks like, right? I know what that is. And like this week alone, my message to myself has been, I have work to do. Mm -hmm. And as long as I have work to do, I can't do your work. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So I can give to you, but within the restraints of what I have decided, not what you need. And you know something... because a lot of times, again, especially this, when you say multidisciplinary and from people, please, this university, we think that that's selfish. We think that that's wrong. We think that that's not providing support. But the reality of it is, if you are providing support, if you are being there for others and you are overextending yourself, you're, you're way beyond capacity, you're tired, you're burnt out, you know, let's just be real. We don't have the right spirit when we're doing that. We don't have the right attitude. You might uh-huh. be saying uh-huh. all the right things you might be whatever but you're irritated you're exhausted you're you're mad especially if you're working on projects and other people aren't coming to the table you know doing their part you are not happy uh-uh. you know uh-uh. you are not joy and butterflies uh-uh. And per- uh-uh. Uh-uh. you want fight okay you ready to fight let's just be real right so recognizing you're still not giving of yourself wholly 
when you're in that situation, recognizing first what your capacity is, doing that temperature check, you know, and then once you recognize what that capacity is, honoring it with the boundaries. And if you're, before you say that, yes, before you say that, before you volunteer, because those of us with those degrees, hands just go up like a reflex. Go up. It's, your mouth just open. You don't even know what happened. It's like, I'll do it. Like the rest of you, like, girl, what did we, what did we do? Why is we? you know and so doing that temperature check and asking yourself okay what are my motivations and so when I check my motive my motivations if it's anything with about what anybody else thinks this is the wrong motivation right right I'm not being true to me right I'm not being truly helpful to, to the situation because I'm going in this about what other people think as opposed to what's more real and authentic to me. Thus, I can't really be present the way I need to be. I'm not helping you and I'm not helping me. That's going to be a no. No, I, I, I've actually done an episode about this before. Um, and, you know, people kind of clutch the pearls when I say this. <laughs> no is the best form of customer service. It is. And the reason is because when I say no, when I need to say no, then I'm able to be the best version of myself. Mm -hmm. So I'm not allowing myself to get to that point that I want to fight or that I'm tired or that I don't have enough to give. Mm -hmm. And I can give with love. I can give with creativity. I can give with my full capacity. Right, right. I'm performing in excellence. You know, that it, it, that's that's the space that I need to be in to perform for it, not just my my clients, mm -hmm. because sometimes we 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 are very clear on what we need to do with our clients and we're not thinking about what we need to do at the house and what we need to do with our friends and what we need to. I need to be that in all capacities. Right. right. And so I have to find the balance between it all. Right. I can't just say, you know, oh, I'm going to, you know, my customers think I'm the best thing smoking and my family sitting up here looking at the side of my neck like they won't fight. At you cray cray, you know, and I remember being there before this transition and this intentional healing journey where I was working myself to the bone. My clients loved me. My employers loved me. And I would literally, I remember a summer and this was a while ago in like in 2013, I believe, no, 2012. And mind you, all the things are going on with my kids, you know, all the things are going on with me that I had no clue what's going on with me. And I'm in school, I am working a job and I'm 12 hour shifts. If somebody did not show up to an assignment, they would call me, I would leave that 12 hours, go do another 12 hours, have to be back at that 12 hours you know, and I did that the entire summer, you know, and uh, I mean, literally, and the kids would be like, you're coming home. No, I got called in, you know, and then, and the people loving me, my clients mm -hmm. were glad to see me walk through the door. Oh, I was hoping it was going to be you. Da, 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 da. And my kids are like, you just don't love us. <laughs> right. Cause they like, well, you know, I, I'd like to get some of that energy. <laughs> right. Cause then when I do eventually get home, I ain't got nothing. Mm -mm. I ain't got nothing, nothing left to give. And and because of that old school parenting, it was like, you got lights. Right. Got lights. Are you outside? Did you right. die? 
you know, like your basic needs are met. I don't know what you, I don't know what you're complaining about because you know, you, you have, you alive, you can go to the light switch and you, and you flip it on, it comes on. Okay. There's food in the fit of fate. Okay. I don't know what you're clowning about having no clue that because I was not meeting those emotional needs, that quality time, not only was I causing pain, doing harm, not just to them, but to me too. I was also repeating toxic cycles. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, you talked before about that unlearning. That's the thing is like, we, you know, we are taught these things, you know, some of it is so unconscious that we carry it, but Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, at some point we got to break cycles, you know, for a better life for us and a better life for our kids. So they can, you know, have something different. Like I can remember, cause you know, my son is the type, he like from when he was small, he never liked missing school. Mm. he never liked missing school so you know i i know you know what it's like when you know kids say oh well i'm feeling i'm i'm sick and you like you ain't sick <laughs> but i know if he say he's sick he really sick he's really sick mm-hmm. and so as he got older and i'm working through my own stuff and undoing some of the things that are playing in my head you know i have to then transfer that to him of you know, the school gives perfect attendance. Mm-hmm. That's a crazy award, in my opinion. You know, like, I'm like, so you giving me a award for being here, whether it made sense for me to be here or not. That part. Like, I could be, I could be dying, but I'm here. This happened, mm-hmm. but I'm here. Like, you don't need to show up everywhere all the time. No, you don't. And I remember, and and, you know, we talk about the layers that it takes to get to this journey. Um, I remember because we were so busy all the time, we gave so much all the time. I remember I would just have intentional days where I didn't even make the kids go to school. You know, it's Friday or, you know, it's the day before the holiday, maybe, you know, y- you have a choice. You don't have to go, you know, right. but we were always busy. Sometimes it would be me picking them up from school we're already busy going to the next thing or where, you know, we didn't have revival now. And then we had other things going on. Now we are, we're just so busy helping and doing these things. You get to have a break. Of course, having no clue that my journey would end up here. Yeah. Right. But just recognizing that, no, we, we're not trying to get perfect attendance over here, but I didn't, it wasn't even a, a intentional rest thing. You know what I'm saying? Where it is now. I just knew that we all tired. You tired. Right. (laughs) Right. But, you know, sometimes we put the same unrealistic expectations that have been put on us, Mm -hmm. on our kids. And, you know, it's like now he's in high school and like sometimes because he's like walking distance from the house. So sometimes, you know, you come home and I'm like, what what time? And he's like, oh, I just had homeroom this afternoon and I I, I just was tired and right. we don't have to go to homeroom. And I was just, oh, all right. Then. And mm-hmm. he'll go and take a nap. And, right, right. you know, and I'm like, I'm glad that he is able to recognize that within himself. Right. Because I think we've gotten to the point where as adults, we don't even know what like 
regular tired looks like. We know what exhaustion looks like. We know what burnout looks like, but we don't know when our body is just saying, you know what? I'm tired. It's bedtime. And this is why the self-evaluation, the temperature check, I like to call checking in with yourself matters. Um, if you're not paying attention to yourself, you're right. You miss those markers one, because we've overridden them so many times, you know, you, you, it's just like every time that light comes on in your vehicle and you just be like, ah, I'll get it next time. And then maybe three or four months later, you know, you're on the side of the road. We have overridden it so much. So by the time it really catches your attention, you are on the side of the road, you know, I totally use that analogy in a really. I love it. I, I totally use that exact same analogy. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it. I love it. Oh my, oh my gosh. But what is it that's happening to you that are those telltale signs that you need to go sit down somewhere? You know, for me, it is if I start really, really forgetting things, like it's on the calendar. I saw it on the calendar, but for whatever reasons, I didn't set the alarm, you know, just a 10 minutes before, what have you, what have you. And the next thing I know, I have missed it. Um, if I'm starting to get irritated about stuff. That's mine. Irritate me because my, my, my just natural baseline personality is stuff just rolls off. You know, it is, you know, it's going to be all right. We can be here for a minute, but we can't stay here long. Let's keep it moving. That's just my natural demeanor. When I start getting irritated about stuff and then I still need to be talking about it, mm -mm, mm -mm, I need to go have several seats. Um, <laughs> That's mine right there. I'm like, why are you breathing? Stop breathing. So much. Like, when, I, when I get to that point where everything that comes in my path is irritating right. me. I'm like, you know what? You need a break. You just need a break. Just take a break. Cause, cause then I start getting on my own nerves. Cause I don't like negative energy. So then I'm that like, you know, my own nerves. I'm like, oh girl. Oh, like, why are we behaving like this? What's wrong with you? Mm, like, girl, get it together. Go take a nap. It's doing a thing. And you can't fix the face, you know? Mm -mm. Right. Right. Um, another thing that is a tell sign if I start to like, I'm just eating just because I'm not hungry, you know, it's nothing in particular, even that I'm craving. I'm just starting to eat and nibble just because, cause I'm just not a big, big nibbler. Like I might have an evening snack or what have you, but just to be all day, mm -mm, that's not mm -hmm. what I do. So if I start to notice some of these things and there are a few more, um, I, I, I'm like, okay, it's time to sit down. Also remembering that our bodies will tell us too. You know, sometimes you might notice in your, maybe it's your stomach starts acting up. You know, you find out that stuff is just, you know, for lack of a better word, just running on through. That could be your, your body's mm -hmm. that you need a break. Um, if you are a person prone to headaches and migraines like me, you start getting those telltale signs. Maybe your neck start hurting. You know, maybe your vision start doing like this, paying attention to what our body is saying. What's yes. it saying? It's trying to say, go, sit down, ma'am, go have a seat. Sit down. Mm -hmm. But we just push through and then next thing you know, you in full-blown migraine mode, you in full-blown headache, you know. If you, you don't sit down, the Lord will sit you down. That's all I know. I done been sacked. I've been set multiple times too. 
And I made an executive decision that I'm not going to be sad no more. Mm -mm, I don't like it. Voluntarily sit down. Because when you have those involuntary vacations, first of all, let's just tell the truth. They are not fun. Nope. The beach. (laughs) Nope. You are not (laughs) having water. You are not fun in the sun. You're not having girl time. This is not a girl's trip. Mm-mm. It's not fun having an involuntary vacation. And I've had At more all. Time, right. So I'm not trying to have an involuntary vacation. I want my vacation to be for real. Okay? Right. That means I need to sit down when I need to sit down. Yes. Um, I think you were pointing that out earlier, understanding that other people won't be where you are. That's their stuff. Let them have their stuff. Huh. They'll figure it out for themselves <laughs> when they're ready, right? Right. But- I have to go sit down because if I don't go sit down, I'm going to kick in the overdrive. I'm going to stop taking care of myself. All these things start to transpire. I don't want to be on that. I've been there, done that, bought the t-shirt and sold it to sale. I do not want to pay. I do not mm-hmm. want to. So those are and I, I, the thing that I've realized from this journey is you don't realize till you get on this side of it. That what you thought you was doing, you wasn't even doing. Like, you know, people feel like, oh, well, you know, I got to go at this pace. I'm not X, Y, and Z. No, friend, you just doing stuff. You don't even know what you're doing. You couldn't tell me if I asked you, you, you know, you wake up years later and you still ain't no closer to where you needed to be because you're just moving. Mm -hmm. And not in a particular direction, not focused Mm because... Your creativity, your, you know, mental capacity, all of that, it requires rest. So if you ain't resting, yes, you are not, you ain't making good decisions I'm just at all. You are not, you're, you're finding yourself in the moment. That's how we find ourselves in a lot of trouble, whether it's our finances and stuff, you didn't got stressed out and now you just in the store, you just buying stuff. You don't need that. Right. You just, like you said, just the, even the eating, you just eating stuff. You, you didn't need that. Why? Because you are exhausted. You're not giving yourself that time. Your brain isn't even focusing. Because if your brain was focusing, it would say, girl, put that back. Right. Because it's like, what am I going to do with this? Right. Then you got it at home. You're like, why do I buy this? This is ugly. I don't even right. Know. Now, it's, it's, but you just was in the, look. Because right. see, when my anxiety kick in, ooh, child, that ain't no time for me to be in the store. Oh my gosh. It's oh my not. Right. It's not. I don't make good decisions. So it's it, it's being aware of that as well. Like, you know, you can be more thoughtful and then actually ultimately more productive in the long run because you you're being strategic. You're being intentional about your action. So it's not, let me just do everything and throw it at the wall and make it stick. It's like, okay, no, I've come up with this sound idea. Mm-hmm. This is what's going to work. And that's not just your business. That could be your family life as well. You know, you, you, okay, well, now I'm going to, you know, put aside this certain time. It's just, you know, family time and we're doing this and nothing crosses over that, you know, that time. Right. Honoring I- your boundaries of work, like work ends at this time that part and and for for us as entrepreneurs solopreneurs part-time entrepreneurs hustle whichever you want to call it um we don't use the h word over here well i don't, I don't like that you know I'm, 
I'm respecting everybody's journey because I don't. I understand, but we don't use the H word over here. But we will not use it. (laughs) I come look. I come a long way in this journey. My my, it used to be my song. Okay, it is not. Look, I had a I had a moment where I I I transitioned from you know the 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 side hustle to the to this is a business. And I, I try to tell people, don't use that word because as long as you, you know, there's a lot of things attached to hustle. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot mm-hmm. of the things that we're talking about right now that we're trying to un- unlearn. Unlearn, right? Unlearn. Yeah. Well, go ahead. No matter where you are on the journey, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Hey, I appreciate it. Because again, there are words I don't like to use either. <laughs> um, seriously. <laughs> no, I understand. Okay. But no matter where you are in that journey, you need scheduled days off. Yes. You need scheduled days off. You need Ooh, yes. to be sure that you have, like, um, this doesn't happen on this day. And it can be an opportunity. But if it's not like, mm, and I'm, I'm even skeptical to say that, if it's not like this huge, huge life-changing, you know, once-in-a-lifetime type opportunity, no, your day off is your day off. And I'm, again, I'm skeptical to say that even. Why? Because you're 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 teaching yourself to love yourself well. You're teaching yourself yes. to love your time and understand that it's valuable. And that if you don't have that time off, if you don't have that break where you're not doing work-related things, you, you're setting yourself up. And as a solopreneur, entrepreneur, a small business person, a lot of times, especially in the first what one to five years or more, you're doing everything. Mm-hmm. You're the, and you're the secretary, you the um, customer service you're you're the graphic designer you're the social media manager you're the website designer you are the the person that sets up the interviews if you're doing this kind of work you're the person that has to then you know maybe edit and you know, you are doing everything to include the actual function of whatever the business is right, right? so if you don't give yourself time to break away stuff that's when the, the balls start dropping you know everywhere you know, you see that you saw that email come through. You just didn't have the capacity to answer it. Right. You know, because you, you the ball start dropping and it's okay to have a plan that I don't answer them right away or this is what I'm doing because you built this into because you're loving yourself well, but letting the balls drop because you're overextended or you're exhausted. Okay. This is a sign. Again, is- one of those signs, <laughs> like what, what the, um, the way and say message (laughs) (laughs) right this is a message right like you know but it's true and it's um I think one of the biggest lessons for me in the entrepreneurial space to learn is you are putting undue pressure on yourself say that again you are putting undue pressure on yourself so you know let's say I would go in, in my balloon business, I go do a site visit with a client and I go do the site visit and we look at the space and we talk about some ideas. And then this is how my, you know, un- unrested self responds at the end of the site visit. Oh, okay, I got all your information. I'm gonna go back to the office and I'll um have you a proposal by the end of the day. Yeah. Why did I, why? Why do I feel like I got to say that? And so then nine times out of 10, they'll respond, 
oh well you know it's it's friday i'm not gonna be back into the office until monday so no rush but i've put this pressure on myself and i also already know that the you know social outgoing version of myself and the sit in the office and do work version of myself are two different people and they don't transition from one to the other very easily Mm -hmm. so that wasn't gonna happen like I'm putting myself in this in this box or you know like you said with the email you know there's this feeling that I gotta get the email you know I gotta answer the email like in 10 seconds you know or the world is going to end right stop putting that pressure on mm-hmm. yourself i know that there's some businesses that operate that way and again you know to god be the glory let them do what they what let they them do, do what they're gonna do right but you can totally you know operate differently and you can set the tone you can have an auto reply that says you know, emails will be responded to in this time frame. Thank you for your email, you know, all of that stuff. You can do that. You don't have to create your own situations of stress. And, oh my gosh. And I'm so glad you shared that. I remember when my, when I first really, really branched fully out here with my coaching, I was still setting my time coach where I'm still getting up early I'm still, you know, staying up late. I'm still doing all the things and I was exhausted. And I remember having a conversation with a colleague and the colleague was saying, you didn't get into this just to continue to do what you were doing before. You know, if you need to set your sleep schedule, your time differently, do that. And it was like a light bulb went off and all of a sudden it was like, you are so right. Why didn't I think about this? And when I tell you, I started tweaking and switching up my sleep routine because I'm a natural night owl. Anyway, I go to bed between 2, 2.30, some rare exceptions because, you know, the gift of bipolar disorder. Every blue moon, I stay up a little later, but I go to bed between 2 and 2.30. I get up between 9, 9.30-ish, you know, and that's what we do. And what happened when I gave myself permission to do that, I actually am more productive and not busy mm-hmm. because I'm not so exhausted. I'm not so burnt out. I'm not so, oh gosh, I got to do this. Um, it helped me to set boundaries with myself. So unless it's something really urgent, I'm not, I'm, again, are we out of town or we have an event that requires that? I'm not setting appointments and meetings and stuff before that time. I'm not setting that before I had the time, not only to get up and wake up, but actually to collect myself, to Mm -hmm. say, to meditate, to breathe, you know, now we can have some appointments, conversations. Now I can hop on this meeting. Now I can do this. Now, again, exception to the rules, trainings, things that are way beyond my, beyond my control. I don't have a choice to, but other than that, my day-to-day, everything that is within my, within my autonomy is going to happen um, 10 o'clock or later per Yeah. Yeah. Per, yeah. Yeah. Like I set my office. I was intentionally later. Mm-hmm. I am not a morning person. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I am up early in the morning, I like to move at my own speed. That part, because I'm not awake yet. Let's just start. No, I'm not. I'm really not. Like when I used to have to wake up to bring my son to school, 
we would do the whole morning routine without saying a word. Like I would tell him bye when he get out the car. And we oh would do the whole routine. And the few times that my husband would be home during that. And I'm like, why you keep talking? Can you stop talking? I'm yes. not ready to talk. It's too like, it, I'm, I'm just yeah. not. And, you know, I have the the funniest story. When I used to be working, one of my um, one of my very good friends, I, I was late for work a particular day because I had a like doctor's appointment, something, whatever it was before I came to work. So I'm walking into work. And, you know, it's my, maybe like nine or 10 o'clock. So, you know, everybody else has been there and right. I'm, I'm walking in, I have my purse on one arm, my lunch bag on the other arm. I'm just trying to get to the kitchen to put my lunch in the, I get into like the, the main hallway, like where all the halls kind of intersect. And yeah. it's like 10 people like coming at me and they all talking. And my friend like happened to be walking past and she goes, give her a minute she just got here and that's our like running like it's like one of our running jokes now but that's how you know life can come at you and you have to kind of set those boundaries and so I know I'm not a morning person I don't like doing things in the morning um you know few exceptions if I have a client set up that's you know early in the morning you know I'll do that but I don't schedule meetings early. I don't, um, and I, I, I pay attention to how I schedule meetings as well. Like I'm not, you, you will not see me have like, you know, more than two to three meetings on one day. And even that it's going to be, you know, small things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My, my people in capacity is not great. Um, it, it it is limited. I I it takes a lot out of me. So I'm I know that I'm right. aware of that. And then you know when even like on the coaching side of things, it's like okay. Mm-hmm. I mean that's one of those things. You know if you if you're not a coach, you may not understand this. When mm-hmm. when you when you open yourself up to people in that way, yes. When you serve people in that way, when mm-hmm. you're done, you're done. You done, you tired. Tired. You didn't left it. Yeah. You you didn't left it all on the face. It's a beautiful tired. Mm-hmm. But it's you're tired okay. after that. So it's not like you're not like, oh, let me let me talk to 24 people today. No. No, no. You know, um, that is something that giving myself the grace and the, setting that boundary with myself that I'm not going to like you said, the meetings, the number of meetings on group days, like I'm not trying to do a whole lot of other things on group days. Really, I'm not. I might have one or two other things maybe on the schedule, but that's it. And usually before group happens or that my group start flowing, I schedule in that time to decompress, to get ready to be able to facilitate. And then I have the time afterwards to do the same. And so on my big group days, we're not going nowhere. And there was a time in my previous self, BCC, before Christ and Counseling. <laughs> I love that. I absolutely love that. <laughs> that I would have not only overbooked myself, right? I would have had things so jam-packed in the schedule, you know, that when I did crash, because it crash was coming, I just uh-huh. didn't um, now I'm feeling guilty. Now I'm dropping balls. Now I'm disappointing people. Now people are looking at me twisted, but then I'm beating myself up even worse because I feel like a failure. Like I just can't do stuff. 
We're not like, well, wasn't nobody supposed to do all this stuff in the first place? Right. It didn't make sense. Didn't make any sense. So I don't do that anymore. That I have cushion in between um, my, my appointments as much as possible for the groups that I have that are back to back. Again, I'm not doing a bunch of stuff um, an hour or two before a group. And once group is over, I'm done. This is my wind down time. It's very intentional. Again, I'm not trying to as much as possible um, book things where as soon as I get through a group, I have to run out the door. I'm not trying to do that. When mm-hmm. old have done that, but now, oh, this is my long group day. Now I, I don't do anything on this day. And it's okay. It's no judgment. You no. know? And it, it, it's getting into the, that mindset of giving yourself and allowing yourself grace and honoring who you are. Yes. Yes. Because it may look totally different to somebody else because of who they are. And but, that's okay. And that is okay, but honor who you are and know, you know what? I don't like this. And, and, and also own the fact that you can change what you don't like. Cause I think we are so accustomed to that's just a part of the process. Mm. You get to choose. You can say, no, that's not a part. I don't like that. So I'm not going to do that. You know, I'm glad that you shared this because especially in when you get into the coaching consulting industry sometimes and leaning over to our, you know, adjacent people that are in, you know, ther- you know therapists and what have you. Um, it's this thing where you have to do all this work, prove yourself this is any other before and then after you've killed yourself, well, now you're an authority and you can <laughs> If you make it there. Well, you make it there. Now you're an authority and now you can, you know, show others the way. It's like, but you, you're going to be dead. So, right. You know, is, is it going to matter at that point? You know, it's like, just because that's the way it's always been done doesn't mean that's the way that you have to do it. Find what works for you and it's okay. Right. It's really okay. And it's, it's going to make sense to your people. To your people, the people that you were called to help and assist the people who really, really take the time to get you because we can have people in our life that love us, but it's a different thing with the people that take the time to get us. That is going to make sense to them. And it will be reaffirmed by the connections, those divine connections that will come along. It'll be, you know, confirmation and that affirmation to remind you, okay, you are doing what is best for you, your mind, body, soul, and spirit. And this is not just you doing stuff. This is this is that confirmation that comes when that alignment starts to happen. You know, so yes, listen to what your body is telling you. If your stomach starts to ache and bubble every time you get ready to do something, there might be a sign which is a message. Right. You know, this is this is not a good thing. If your if your head starts hurting every time, if if you start um, getting fearful, you start automatically thinking about all the ways you can cancel, right? You know? Not right. just the anxiety because we have that sometimes, right? But beyond that, and it's not just the anxiety. It's like it's become a, a regular thing. Yeah, you have to you have to think about that. You really do, and we have been taught to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. And there, there is some truth to that, but not the uncomfortable that a lot of people think when they hear that word. Right. But there's a comfortableness in the uncomfortable because let's just be real growth in and of itself and healing is not comfortable. Yes. Again, we're 
back to all those things that you are shedding and unlearning, right? It's not comfortable sometimes to take that real candid look at yourself and realize sometimes that we're not the people we thought we were or that we don't want the things that we thought we wanted, you know, that we're making that shift. That can be a very uncomfortable feeling as you start and you're growing in this, these different directions or you're changing the trajectory of what you thought you wanted. So there is some truth to being, getting used to being uncomfortable, being, you know, being comfortable in that uncomfortableness. The where it's not true is this idea that you are supposed to be actually uncomfortable. And I say that actually like the scheduling yourself ridiculously. Yes. Um, over piling stuff on your plate of um, being in bondage financially, you know, putting yourself in situations or keeping yourself in situations where somebody has that constant autonomy over you instead of you. Like they just got it. They can just yes. call the thoughts and you just like the fuck, but you just got to go. Um, no, never mind what is best for your mental health, your emotional, yes. your physical health. That's not the that's not the uncomfortable we going with. Mm-mm. That's not helping you. That's changeable. That's changeable. And you have control over that more. It's so changeable. Than- you can say, I don't like this. You know, I don't like it. The um idea of working hard. Um and then, um, you know, going, going, going to acquire stuff. You can change that. You don't ha- just because it's what everybody else is doing. Why does the stuff matter? Why, why does it matter? First of all, let's just be real. When you get ready to leave here, how much of it are you taking with you? Okay. None of us are, are the ancient Egyptians. We don't have a tomb where we are collecting and putting all of our stuff. Right. But we don't even know what happened after that. So how you know that even if you put it in there with you, that is going to transcend and, and go wherever you go. Because what well, we know that in this plane, it did not because that's why the tombs got raided. Let's just start there. But why are you doing this? You can't take this stuff with you you know, and you're working, 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 working to acquire stuff or to have this idea of what a lifestyle is, but maybe that work that you're doing should be in sync with your rest. It should be in sync with your wellness. It should support your wellness, not away from your wellness. You know, what does that look like for you? Again, it might look very different for you than it does me or you, right? But deciding what that is and making sure that it's in sync, it's a compliment to, it's something, again, you enjoy, you you vibe in, you know that you're called to do. And, ooh, my therapist decided to choose violence and sent me this video. <laughs> At the end of our session, and... Um, uh, she sent me a video and I wound up listening to a couple more. And when I got to like the third one, it was uh, T.D. Jakes. And he was just talking about, um, you know, how you can be called to do something, but because we, we for, people misconstrue talent and ability with calling and purpose, basically. Mm-hmm. And so you can be talented and gifted in something, but that doesn't mean that that's what you're called to do. 
It doesn't right. that is what you're supposed to do. So you're over here, you're graphic designing, you are gardening, you are, you know, um, singing in the choir, maybe you, you're, you're very good at directions and you drive well and you like it. So maybe you're lifting or you help people in that area. And now you're coaching, you're doing all the things, exhausting yourself because you're gifted in some of these areas, but only one of them or two of them maybe what you're actually called to do yeah and so you're feeding into the unwellness instead of the wellness chasing all these and things. i think some of that is back to the discomfort that we need because mm. that's what it is you, you just got to be uncomfortable that is not you got to be uncomfortable because the thing that you are called to do initially is the thing that's most scary. It's the thing that's most scary, but when you lean into it, it's it feels good here. Yes. And so there's there is a comfortableness in that while you're still being uncomfortable in the scariness of chasing it, not chasing it. Navigating. Embracing it, embracing it because the things that you are gifted at, mm -hmm. you already have a certain amount of certainty in because mm -hmm. it's comfortable. Mm -hmm. You know, you're good at it. People say you're good at it. You know, you, you, you know what that is. Right. The thing that you are called to takes you on a journey of self-discovery that you never knew that you needed it most certainly does and it's not you can have that natural um skill that complements it but again there's a journey involved as you grow as you evolve as you shed as you're pruned all those things that are happening that help you to become the person that you come to do this to go where you're going to fall into that so but it it's it starts with that awareness of leaning into it and asking yeah. the questions you know instead of just well I'm good at it so I'm doing it or it makes me money because I'm good at it you know if you are miserable and unfulfilled and exhausted all the time or you're burnt out or you've become cynical and you know now everything is negative you're, mm -mm. you're not honoring and loving yourself well, and you're not honoring and loving the people well that you're supposed to serve. Yeah, I, I totally, I totally agree with that. <clears throat> yeah. I totally agree with that. It's just, I feel like that is a part of your healing journey is embracing that thing. But yes. a lot of times it's so hard for people and people don't want to do that self-work. Cause that ain't the easiest work. You know, it's easy to say I didn't get the promotion because, you know, the people at the job racist or because, you know, so-and-so isn't married to the boss. So, you know, that that's easy. That's easy. That's the easy part. But when you have to look in that mirror and say, I didn't do this thing because I didn't show up the way I needed to show up or because I need to erase some of these things that I've been carrying since childhood 
or I need to look in the mirror confidently and be able to stand up and not feel like an imposter. Like those are those things that you have to go through those journeys and no matter what your calling is, you know, cause sometimes people hear calling and they feel like, well, what I do is not that deep, but it might, it, it may be deeper than you realize, you know what I'm saying? It may be much deeper than you realize, but you're not going to be that best version of yourself. If you're not willing to look in the mirror and really hone in on all of the beautifulness of you. Because sometimes it's, it's under some other stuff. Them other people's stuff that we was talking about before, sometimes it's under there. People have, you know, dumped their stuff on you and now you got to do a garage sale and get rid of all of this, this stuff. Some of it is yours, some of it is theirs, but it's just getting rid of but everything so you can finally see what's there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You have to get, you have to do that inventory and again, like you said, no matter what your calling is, no matter what it is you're trying to do. And a lot of times, and I'm sure that you've seen this with the type of coaching that you do, um, where people come in and they want the logistical things for making uh-huh. it work. All the logistics, like how do I do the website? How do I do this? How do I do that? How do I do this? Right. But it's that inner stuff that's going to keep you from moving forward. It's that inner stuff that's yes. going to keep you from... <laughs> from connecting it's the inner stuff that is that you aren't dealing with is going to have you thinking oh they're just not supporting me or they just don't like me or it's just they're just you know this it's all the inner stuff that is going to hold you back and keep you from moving forward you know one thing about doing business it will reveal some things about you if you allow Ooh. it mm. it really will because like you said it's different from going to a job and you are under these other people's rules and maybe somebody is, you know, being fresh with the boss and maybe they are a little racist, you know? Uh, but it is different when you leave that joker, that joker and it's all on you. It's all you. Because you have to take that look. And when you do, you see some things if you will allow yourself to see them and be real with you, be real with you about you. And it's okay. I think that again, going back to that grace and judgment, stop mm-hmm. just judgment go. When you start to see this, or you have picked up on, oh my gosh, I do do this. Oh my gosh, this is a pattern. You know, oh my gosh, you know, this is what I've been going through. Okay, take away the judgment part because the judgment part is what's going to hold you back, and and it's going to be like, and it's wasted energy. It's wasted energy, right? So let the judgment go. You're. A colleague said this to me a couple of months and I just been using it ever since I thought I was going to use it too, but you're just doing research. That's it. You're doing research. So when you notice these things, again, let the judgment go, let it go. And now that you recognize it, okay, what small steps can I take to twist this thing, you know, tweak it and make it what is better and more conducive for me and not the, oh my gosh, I just can't do anything or, oh my gosh you know, I'm just never going to get it together. Oh my gosh. One day. No, that can be today with small Uh steps, no judgment. And remembering that you're just every day learning how to love yourself. Well, right. And, And we're complicated beings. We're beautifully human. And it's not, it does not make you a bad person that, you know, 
well, maybe I'm a little, you know, maybe I'm a little hostile. Maybe I'm a little, you know, maybe I'm a little judgy. Maybe I'm a little, you know, you know, maybe, 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 maybe I, I procrastinate a little too much. That doesn't make you a bad person. Mm -hmm. That's just a revelation. Like you say, right. you're doing research and you, you can solve, you, no matter what it is, you can solve for X. So you, you can. And here's the other thing, solve for the things that you really need to solve for. Right. Like there are some things that are a part of you that yes, they need some work, but is that worth your energy? Like seriously, do some self-evaluation. Some of it definitely like, okay, this is a thing that I really, really need to um, sit with and work on, you know, take that into your coaching, take that into your counseling. Um, journal whatever you need to do about it do that self-reflection right but there are some things that it's just not that big a deal we put a big deal on it uh -huh. but it's not that big a deal if it is not something that is 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 life crushing to your soul or your situation do figure out whether it deserves your energy and it's okay whatever that looks like for you is no judgment but do that self-evaluation to figure out, is this something that I need to even be giving my attention to? I just need to accept it, give other people the heads up. <laughs> or <laughs> do I need to really, really take a look at this and work on it? Well, I think that in that same vein, like sometimes the things that we may view as, you know, quote unquote flaws are the mm -hmm. things that make us the most beautiful. Yes. Yes. They, they are. They are. Um, I, I remember when I first got into the peer support, um, which reminds me of what you were saying earlier about our calling things that we're called to do that you don't even think is that big a deal. Right. Um, I knew that I could not continue to work like I was. I knew I was exhausted. I knew physically I couldn't handle the demands of the work that I was doing coming out of some health challenges. And I remember just crying out to God, Danny. I was calling, I was just crying out like tears, ugly crying, driving down the street, which I don't recommend. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I was doing this and I'm just like, Lord, I don't even know how to do anything. I ain't got no education. All I know how to do is just, is pick people up and take them places and help them get some resources, you know, and talk to them and try to encourage them. I don't, I don't know how to do anything else, you know, I don't know, you know? And so I don't think it was a whole week later, I was leaving my therapy appointment after having an ugly cry like this. Um, when I was leaving, I went downstairs and I ran into the director who had been, who was the director over the program my kids had been in. And she was like, oh my gosh, how you doing? You look good. You know, what's going on? I just told you, I just came from therapy. Da, da, da. She was like, you know what? You would make an excellent peer support specialist, you know, and we have an opening for it. I ain't even heard of a peer support specialist. I was like, well, what is this? She said, well, you would just help the other moms and other, you know, parents as they're, you know, dealing with their kids, you know, what you went through, you would just be helping them. Still didn't know fully what it was, but right. I, I need a job <laughs> and okay, let me check it out. And so I applied for it and went to the training. And I'm just like, you got to be kidding me. This is a whole job. Because you know what you do? 
You just helping people, encouraging them, <laughs> taking them around, finding resources. <laughs> all the things that you was just doing already. Like all the things. All doing. the things. Can pay for this. <laughs> this is a job, but it was needed and necessary because people need to know that they're not alone. Right. People need to know that you know you can get through this hard thing and come out okay. They need to see the hope of that, that you do. So whatever it is you're called to do and how you're called to do it, it may not be physics. That's okay. It's still needed and necessary. You know, it's so needed and necessary. So don't discount what Uh -uh. you feel you're called to do. And even if somebody else is doing it, um, I I think we've all seen the post and many have seen the post about the bread owl. Uh None of them stopped selling bread because Sunbeam was selling bread. Right. They got 50 50 million breads on the aisle. And every time you go to the store, they still have 50 million breads on the aisle. Like in my whole entire life, they never had less breads on the aisle. Except during the pandemic. Because well, yes, I mean the quantity, but but, I'm just saying, like that they have a whole aisle literally for bread. Uh-huh. and then that's not including bread that's in the freezer Mm-mm. hello or the first break bread that's just the the loaves of bread that's just the loaves of bread and so what you're doing how you're supposed to do it is going to attract those people and that's including if you're doing this healing work you know it's okay everybody's not your client um and you are not everybody's person it is okay but there's a community that you're called to. And, you know, and I I just want to echo what you said about, you know, not counting yourself out because you feel like there's somebody else in that space or other people or is oversaturated, you know, market, you know, because every, no matter what industry I work with somebody in, they always like, well, my market is oversaturated. Girl, everybody's is, it's going to be all right. Because your people are your people. And it's, you know, I I will never forget, you know, this was when I was, you know, in my resistance stage of um of of the whole like coaching, right? And right. you know, gotta keep bringing something back to you till you decide that you're gonna listen. And so it kept, you know, coming up. I would go to conferences. And in the breaks, people come ask me questions and all this different stuff. And I'm like, I am really not on this program. I came to learn just like you came to learn. You know, like, why does this keep happening? And so I had somebody who I had gotten close to from, you know, conferences um, message me. And I I was like on a trip or something, but we were like in the car. So I happened to see the message and I looked down and she was asking me questions about this upcoming conference. Right. And I was just like, why? I, I messaged her back and I, I was like, oh, I'm on a roll right now. I don't know the answer. I said, I think it's on the on website though. And then I was like, but why do you all, like, why do y'all keep asking me about other people's stuff? Right. Cause it was bothering me. Cause I'm like, this is weird. Like, and mm-hmm. she said, because you're ours. Mm. And after I picked my face up off the floor yeah. <laughs> and ugly cried a little bit, I was just like, oh, 
Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing is like, no matter what the, the industry is, you know, you may be doing something that 20,000 other people are doing, but it's something about how you do it that's right. going to resonate with certain people. And it is, and pay attention to those people. You know, sometimes I think that in building, we can be so caught up in trying to get the attention or the connection with people who may be in the same field or similar work or trying to get that respect or what have you, that you forget the people that are reaching out to you, that they're constantly trying to, you know, get in front of you or they're trying to say, hey, I want to help. What can I do? God is putting you on your hearts for a reason. Right. And sometimes, especially I think sometimes as women, we can be so protective because you're building something and you don't want somebody to take your ideas. You don't want somebody coming in for the wrong motives. Sometimes your motives can be aligned for a season and that's okay. Sometimes right. they can connect for a season and that's okay. You you can't do this work by yourself. You should not be doing this work mm-hmm. by yourself. You know? And I feel like when you carry the spirit of distrust, you're gonna attract you're gonna attract people who are, are not trustworthy. Right, right. And people you- who are trustworthy feel that energy and they don't want to be connected to it because they like, you know, why you treat me? Like, you know, like, where is well, this coming from? But that spirit, like you said, of distrust, you will push back people that are trying to help. Right, yeah. right. Because you're like, no, I can't. Uh-uh. What, why are you, why are you, why are you, why are you here? <laughs> right. you know? But I mean, like, you know, being a person that is like giving and, you know, often giving without motive, when I, when I interact with that, I'm like, I, I'm a, I'm a holler, you know, like it makes that person back up because they like, I don't know what happened over here, but it, it, it it Mm -hmm. feels weird. Right. And so you kind of, you know, you, I know it's hard and I, like, I agree with you. It's your baby and it's like, oh, what's going on? Mm -hmm. But the thing that, you know, brings me peace in that regard is if somebody is copying me, Mm -hmm. they only as good as my last move. That part, that part right there. They're only as good as my last move. And my my um my coaching coach always says you could copy but the 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 pace ain't gonna be the same the pace isn't gonna be the same and i'm gonna tell you what else is not gonna be the same um whatever motivated you whatever god put on the inside of you to do that that's that intention is not going to be the same no so they can copy what they see on the outside but that internal motivation the part that keeps you going um, when you when you really don't want to do this anymore, I'm not talking mm-hmm. about yourself. I'm talking about we all had those moments when you're like, Look, I could be a Starbucks or something. I don't right, know. right. Like this is a lot. This it's is a lot. lot. It's a whole lot. There's a lot of input before you start seeing output. Right. I did not sign up for this part. Right. Um, <laughs> that, but that internal motivation is what's keeping you going, right? Because you know the vision that you've been given. You know. You, you see that, that picture, you know, you might not see all the steps. We don't see the steps, but we see this picture. And so that keeps you going in a different way. Also, your story as to how you got there 
because no matter what the industry is, we, we all got there because of something in our own story that nobody can replicate that. We might have some similarities, but nobody can replicate mm-hmm. that because your journey, all the twists and turns and dips and loop-de-loops and ups and downs help to create who you are right now, how you're approaching things, how you're seeing things, how you connect with your people. Right. You know, because if, if like in my work, I dealt with so much rejection, you know, I dealt with so much low self-esteem and doubt, you know, who, who a lot of my people are, they are people that deal with that. They are women right. that deal with that, right? And I know how to talk to them. Why? Because right. I remember being there and being, having, you know, whew, being emotionally divergent, where I felt things very, very, you know, deeply um, and could be so easily hurt that I know how to maneuver my words to be authentic, right? able to say things with grace because right. I know where I you can't talk to me, at least not then. Now you can, don't matter. But you couldn't, <laughs> then you couldn't talk to me. And if you don't want it, you just don't want it. You're just not going, oh my gosh. I don't work like that. I'm, I'm with you. I'm like, I don't, I can't deal. I can't deal. You I'm like, so what you're not going to do is yell at me because it's not going to, it's not going to be productive. I've checked out now. It, first of all, I one I stopped listening, and two, the stubborn part of myself is like, nah, friend. No. Hey, you could be absolutely right, and I'm still gonna be like, nah. I, I can't hear you. I cannot hear you. And so, if we're like that, the people that we're called to are like that too, right? They can hear you because you're you're assigned to them, right? You understand how to talk to them because you have had to learn how to be talked to. You had to learn right. how to receive. And so right. now you're able to give that in a manner that your people can hear you. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. you, you, you're you speaking from your experience. Yeah. Your experience and, and your broken places. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's funny because I have a girlfriend group chat and sometimes like I might share something, either like a, a meme or just what's on my mind. And it's so crazy because the response always is, do you see me right now? Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> and it's like, no, this is, I'm talking to me. And a lot of times when I'm, you know, posting, you know, when I'm doing the podcast, I'm talking to me. I'm I'm really talking to me, whether it's the old me or the current me or some me in between. Right. I'm talking to me. It just resonates with you because we're human and we share experience. That part, that part. But uh, like one of my friends used to say, how do you always know exactly what to say? I said, cause I know what I needed somebody to say to me. That's it. That's, that's it. You know, that's completely it. In our, uh, to our transparency Tuesday talks, we'll post the, the message and it's like, how did you know? Why are you here? You know? Whereas uh, one of our ambassadors says, you know, you on my porch, you rocking the chair. <laughs> okay. You know, because you're right here in my wheelhouse, you know, but like you said, it's like, who this hit me. Let me share it. Right. And, and, and I think a part of that too, like, you know, in your bio, you talk about like the, the superwoman cape. I think a part of taking off that cape is allowing ourselves to be open and to be vulnerable. Yes, absolutely. Not this. And this was another idea I had to reject because I was not 
called to that ministry, this idea that you had to, um, you had to look perfect and then you could share your journey. You know, right. people don't, they don't receive it while you're going through. It's like, no, that doesn't make any sense because if I'm over here struggling, if I'm over here going through, right, this, I need to know how you making it. I want to hear the success story, but we ain't ever heard nothing. Nothing like you just like, well, I was born perfect. And then, and then, and then I I, decided to help the commoners. I came down (laughs) from my throne. And you should be happy that I am here. Oh, gracious people. Right. And so it's helping, you know, it's not helping. Uh, no, like, so uh, another challenge that I do is the imposter syndrome challenge. And it took me a while to come to doing that challenge because I, I have, I take umbrage with the traditional concept of imposter syndrome because mm-hmm. I feel like it's heavily leaning towards the person and mm-hmm. not society. I think the real imposter is society. And the fact that we are we are taught to present this, you know, Instagram ready image, right? Mm-hmm. That's what we're taught to present. And right. so you got people in the streets comparing the actual full whole real life to someone mm-hmm. else's highlight reels. And it's their highlights. They, they like nobody's life is like their Instagram. Like your Instagram, from a marketing perspective, your Instagram is supposed to be curated. It, it's supposed to be. Right. And for some people, that's for falsehood. For some people, it's not. It's not a falsehood. It's it's branding. It's it's I'm everything that I post is in line with the brand. So that may mean, depending on the brand, I might not post certain things. That doesn't mean that they don't happen. Right. But we have to learn how to flip the script on that and show up in our vulnerability because that's what's going to free the masses. Right. Because people think of you and in some of that is outside of your control you know right. I had a, a a friend of mine say you know and I I know her professionally and we've become friends and she said you know for the longest time I had you on a pedestal and I was like there. okay and she said I know you didn't put you there but I put you there right and she's like, as I get to know you and I see you and I see your humanness, you know, I see that you're more complicated than that. And I'm like, yeah, I'm just a person. Um, like, you're just a person. Like, I'm just a person. But we don't have those conversations. Right. And I think, you know, and, you know, this is just my own opinion and you can totally correct me. I know, you know, mental health is your field, mm-hmm. but I, I, I've i been thinking about this for a while now. I think that the effects of mental health mm-hmm. are so great because of the feeling of isolation. Oh, oh no doubt. 
you know, um, one of the things that was so difficult in my journey with my boys and then eventually embracing my own wellness. And even before that, like um, I realized, you know, through getting help that I've been dealing with this stuff since high school. You know, I would have moments when I just couldn't, you know, um, and I would just check out and I was depressed. I didn't know, of course, I didn't have the language for that at the time. But that's what it was. It was depression. And so the shame of saying something um, because of what you hear other people say, their ideas of, of what it is and how they would treat people mm -hmm. fell under these umbrellas and then not fully understanding that that's what it was. It was very, very lonely. It was extremely lonely. Um, and part of what I do now, you know, it not only helps to fight stigma, but it's also saying that getting help does not have to be this sterile, awful thing. You know, you might not ever come to one of our support groups, but maybe you'll come hang out with us in our, one of our social healing events. We go to the movies and we have something to eat, you know, understanding that communally, we have to break those barriers that this is the only way I can get help. You start where you can start. And for everybody, as much as I am a proponent of counseling and coaching, please get you a counseling coach. I feel that, right? The reality of it is everybody is not. There are right. multiple pathways to healing. And so if you're starting to get something just by hanging out with us and having these candid conversations as we're real with one another, as we love ourselves well and love each other, then okay. But we're taking some of that loneliness now out and through these just intimate conversations, now you're starting to realize I'm not by myself. I yes. feel like that too. You know, um, on Transparency Tuesdays, you know, I make my post about being transparent. I just, I just put sit out there, right? Because this, this is real stuff. I, I, some of these things I went through, some of them I just figured out, you know, but this is where it is. And it was hard, you know, but now I can tell you, this is, this is what I did. And guess what? And then we can just have a conversation. Right. Let's just have a conversation just like folks. That's it. Let's right. just and talk about it, you know, and go from there. But that isolation is a killer. And as a matter of fact, for those of us who deal, deal with severe and persistent mental illnesses, when you start wanting to isolate, it, it's usually an indicator that that's one of those indicators that you, things are about to go south, you know? Because that isolation, that's where the enemy starts talking to you for the us believers. That's where your symptoms start talking to you, that mm -hmm. negative talk. All those things happen in isolation. You know, it is imperative to make sure that you are surrounding yourself with healthy people, that you're being intentional about that, that you are building your tribe. You know, yeah. it's important to build your tribe. It's important to build those people that even if you don't have words to say at the time, if you're having a hard time, you can just get the words. Just, I'm not, I'm not doing well today. Right. Right. And as simple as that. That's it. We don't need no more. Just as simple as that. You know, let me embrace you the best way I know how. And even if that's just somebody who has the capacity to sit with you in that silence. Right. You know, not trying to fix it all the time. That's not what you need. But sometimes that just can sit with you in their silence and and here's the other thing about their capacity that they can sit there with you in the silence as you are embracing and trying to love yourself well but then also not judge you or limit you 
because you had a bad moment, because you had a tough season, because you have a severe and persistent mental illness, or that the traumas that you went through have impacted your life so that you're having to dig through that stuff, that they're not going to judge you and limit you because of it. And that's a grace that um, can be rare, but it doesn't have to be. Yeah. And understanding, hmm, this might not be my, this might be my shopping buddy, but this isn't the person that can sit with me in this moment. That's okay. And that's fine. It really is. But what I was going to say, I'm glad that you added that last part. What I was going to say was um, for those of you who may be in a position to receive that call or text or email or what have you, I think one of the things that is, you know, that I've seen a lot and that hurts me the most is when I know you've been through what that person been through, but you you decided to judge them instead of Ooh. taking their hand and saying, sis, I've been there before. And, you know, I'm going to tell you, that's another reason I do what I do. Because I remember having people who judge my promiscuity um, only come to find out you had ex- Oh, it'd be the ones, friend. It'd be the ones. You, you you were doing what you know right again, right I'm like i'm not judging you but it's just the idea look that look you, like friend let me let me judge me when i was married the two and then what i was exactly <laughs> and, and then even more so when i later learned of course as i started to learn about um my illness that it was a part of it was one of the symptoms of my illness. you know it's like but it's just it was, like we gotta be we have to be more open and sharing and you know knowing that we all go through a journey we all go through a process if you've been there before then you know be be that that mentor for that person that had that is is struggling with what you struggled with before don't don't get to the other side and then all of a sudden you just want to stand up there high and mighty like you ain't never like you ain't never never and here's here's something else to consider too um, that you, 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 you do the high and mighty thing, but also you, you, you're cruel with it, you know, Yes. or you do decide to mentor people, but you don't have the capacity for it. Let me tell you, figure out what your capacity is. If you're trying to give back, it's okay. Your capacity might only be that you can post about it. That's, That's it. <laughs> Just stop right there. Then. <laughs> I can do here, but I can't coach, you know, or I can't have one-on-one conversations with you because the way my mind is set up, if you not, if I'm not seeing progress, I start to see regression. I can't deal with the stages of recovery. Right. I'm gonna get frustrated with you. I'm gonna get frustrated with me, and I'm not gonna help. It's okay if you recognize that you can't help somebody or support them in that area, even though you've been through it. It's okay. What's not okay, especially as women, is that you you beat somebody up, you dismiss them, you discount them. You throw them under the proverbial bus, you know, um, you encourage others to not support them. No, none of those things. Mm-mm. Are because that's not look, and 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 I'm not saying that it's all people of a certain group, but I'm just gonna say that ain't of God, Christians. Well, I'm, I'm well, well, I'm just saying, you know, people, people, you know, they find Jesus and they, they, they lose their um compassion, they lose their memory, they lose, you know, a lot of things, and that's not what it's about. It's not, you know, 
judge not at least you be judged it's not you know i know this ain't church but you know i, I go where the lord leads me okay and it to me it's just you know i've always been that person that i could be in a grocery store and I'm getting trying to get 10 items or less. And somebody's like, yeah, well, you know, my dad was an alcoholic and my mama. And I'm like, what? Like, where did that, you know, like what made you feel like you want to walk up to me today and say this thing, right? And but you, people, people are drawn to you and, you but know. When, but that's a, there's a responsibility with that. You know what I'm saying? Like in a sense of no matter what it is you say to me, no matter what, you know, I may think is, you know, what I would do in that situation or what, you know, no judgment. No you judgment. came to me open. That's it. Open. You came to me open and I'm not about to throw salt in that wound. And we got to be clear about that. And we got to be able to, you know, detach. Mm-hmm some of our personal views beliefs whatever oh honey oh that's a you you you. you I mean it's because uh especially coming into this work I came from a consumer mindset I came from the consumer side of the house I came from the client side. this is what I came from you know I lived this journey for so long not even understanding the implications that the trauma the mental health all the abuse you know had on my life you know, with the way I thought about things, the way I maneuvered or whatever, right? And so I had to learn a lot of these lessons the hard way, but I also had to shed a lot of things that were not true, yeah. you know, not just about myself, but about the world around me. And here's the thing. If you do not have the capacity to put your own biases to the side, because the reality of it is we all have biases. I don't care right. how much you've worked on yourself. We all have our biases, Right. Just own that and it's okay. But if you don't have the capacity to put your biases, your prejudices to the side, you may want to paint walls, make brooms, um, put together mops. You could do that. Um, Look, something else, not with the people. Leave the people alone. People. And the reason why is because if you're not careful, you will shame and hurt people or re-traumatize people. You will cause harm to people because of your own judgments. You have to be very mindful of that. And it's like, it's okay to recognize that somebody is not your client. It's okay to recognize that you can't have a conversation with somebody, even if it's in the grocery store, to gracefully bow out. It's okay to recognize that. It's, again, taking away the judgment because you're still on your healing journey too, right? Right. But it's absolutely not okay is bleeding over somebody else because no. you get with your stuff. No, you are not. You refuse to deal with your stuff. You know, one of the things I tell clients when, you know, we start talking about therapists and stuff is, you know, one of the things you should ask your therapist is if they have a therapist, you know, and if they don't have a therapist, what are they doing to take care of themselves? Right. Now, therapists be mad at me when I say this, but um, the reality of it is this work is hard. It is beautiful. It is um, wonderful. It's, it's, it's something that's so gratifying about helping people through their processes as a coach or a therapist, what have you. Also, never. If you are not taking care of yourself, if you're not giving yourself a safe space or resource to have an outlet, you know, that's not safe. I don't feel safe. 
no i i I completely get that and i don't i don't delve nearly as deep as you know on the therapy and all that side but still it's like okay like okay okay you you do therapy okay you don't believe in it okay okay you know but yeah you have to you know you know, I've, I've run into, you know, people who are coaches who don't want to do self-work and I'm like, Mm-mm. how are you going to help somebody else if you're not willing to do the work? And for me, you know, and I know you could, you know, echo this like a thousand times over, you know, in the mental health space mm-hmm. for me, what, you know, back to that concept of isolation, that mm-hmm. is the part that that's the the common thread no matter what somebody is talking to me about whether it's you know you know in coaching or just somebody personally talking to me the 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 theme is always that they feel like they're the only person experiencing this that everyone else is like living this life and everybody else is functioning and they're the only person and and I almost want to be able to like you know, like play out the stories for them and like everybody I talk to feel the same way. Yeah. But you know, I mean, their trauma is their trauma, not minimizing their trauma, just mm-hmm. speaking to that isolation piece. That's right. that seems like the heaviest. It is extreme. It is extreme. And when you judge someone, you're just causing for to- being human, then they just feel more alone. Yeah, you're just causing them to retreat within because let's let's just be real. Even more so people that look like us, it is it takes so much courage to say I need help in the first place. Right. That was you don't even know perhaps what that person went through to send that message, right? Went through to pick up the phone, what they went through to walk up to you and say, Hey, me, this is what I'm going through, or I, I resonated with what you said. You don't even know sometimes everything that it took for them to even get to that point, right? Mm -hmm. So now they've got to that point. um, And if it was an appointment, they probably went through several drafts of of how they could send this cancellation email to you. You know, you don't know. And now they get to said appointment or they get to the conversation that they were hoping to get something because they do feel all alone and they may not know how they're going to get out of this or they've been dealing with for so long they've tried other things and they're giving you a chance and then you shoot them down because of your stuff right you don't know how long it will be before they get help you know you don't know how long it will be and again like you said there's that responsibility that we have you know we have a responsibility that if you are called to do this work and you're doing this work that part of that responsibility and it's one of the things I love about um, my recovery coaching when we did our training like in our code of ethics your self-care was part of it taking care of yourself is part of it and it was in line with what I was already doing internally you know but that should be part of your personal code of ethics yes because again it makes you the best version of yourself because honestly you know Again, like, you know, in the coaching and the counseling, you have appointments and, you know, stuff like that. So you know what's coming. Mm -hmm. But when you carry this calling, like you said, people find you. So 
Yeah. You don't know when you, you know, the impromptu <laughs> situation is going to arise. And if you are not taking care of yourself, Mm-hmm. you're not gonna have the capacity when it you're comes. not gonna have the capacity because it, it may just be for you to get that person to a space of help right and that's okay too and this is why I, I and this is nothing about staying in your lane I, I know my lane of coaching right and when it's time for a higher level of care I have absolutely no problem referring you out right because I had I was sharing us experience with my uh my husband the other day and I'm you know just telling him about something that happened and he says oh well it sounds like that person needs you as a coach I was like not a person need a therapist like what's going on with them is deeper than what I have the capacity to uncover that's like some some other stuff that needs to get worked through and I'm clear on that. Like, you know, once they get past that, then we could talk about, you know, right. We can talk about this journey, but I'm like, no, I I'm I'm hearing the undertones and this is deeper than this mm-hmm. lane. And it's absolutely okay to recognize that, to honor that. But again, you don't even know that if you're not doing the inner work. Right. If you're not doing the inner work you haven't paid enough attention to yourself to know this. Right. And by the time you figure it out, because you're not doing the inner work, you've caused harm, not only to the client or potential client, you've caused harm to yourself. Yeah. You know, um, because now it's going to feed into your negative self-talk. <laughs> it's going to be right. your, your worth, right? It's going to feed into these things and it doesn't have to. Right. Do, doing the work, it's not easy. Um if healing was easy, everybody would do it. We wouldn't have a lot of the situations that we have now on a personal level, a community level, a state level, a country, around the world, right? However, um, doing the work is necessary if you want to live life to the fullest, if you want to live wholeheartedly um, and embrace who you actually are, not the perception of self, not the perception of what other people think, but you really want to live and be free, then the self-work is needed. That's what I was going to say. Freedom. Freedom is the word that comes to mind because it is freeing. It's freeing, but otherwise it's it's the illusion of freedom. Yeah. And that ain't free. Mm -mm. It's, it, it is freeing. And it's, you know, it's really getting to know the truest version of yourself. Cause you know, I think a lot of times people think that they need to morph into someone else. And it's not that at all. Like your end product and my end product are going to be, you know, different things, but right. it's, you are just releasing everything that's not really you. And that's why, you know, oftentimes when I talk in my groups and with clients, um, I talk about growth as opposed to change mm-hmm. because you're really not changing what you are growing. And that is a different thing. When you are changing something, you are fundamentally changing what it is. When you are growing, um, the little baby oak tree has different needs than the strong, mighty oak. Right. The process that it took to become that, the wind that it had to withstand, the storms, the rain, all those things, how far out those roots had to grow in order to get the nutrients and make connections, right? You are a different 
a version of yourself, but you're still yourself. Right. You've grown. It's growth. And that is for us, it can be, we can have a semblance of growth and a semblance of healing. And I use this example a lot. If you break your leg and you don't take it to the doctor, you don't tend to it, you just let it heal on its own, right? Well, it has a semblance of healing, right? You know, it, it you know, it, it's kind of healed, right? But if you take the same leg, you take it to the doctor, you let them set it, you follow the doctor's instructions as best as you can, the leg has been broken and any x-ray will show that it's been broken. Every now and then when it rains, you will be reminded that it's been broken, <laughs> okay? You know, every now and then when you get up, it's like, whoa, okay. You'll be reminded that it was broken. But the healing in that leg versus the one that was neglected is going to be different. Yeah, you're, you're growing and you're healing in a way that's more healthy for you. You know, yeah. that letting it heal its own is a semblance of healing. It's, it's heal-ish. You know? <laughs> heal-ish. Look, don't be trying to do nothing fancy on it or nothing. And it just, yeah, that's what it is, okay? But that leg that you actually were intentional about, that you took care of, that you nurtured, it's it's going to walk differently. It's going to feel differently. It's going to look differently on the x-ray when you get a deep look because you were intentional about that. It's right. the same with our growth. When right. you are intentional, and that's what I often say on my intentional healing journey, because we... It's, we as black women we do heal right there is that healing that we do how much more different how much more beautiful could it be when we lean into the intentionality of it though yeah absolutely absolutely because i think that there's some things that culturally we don't even believe are options for us right you don't believe it like the idea of of rest the idea of um taking the risk to love yourself well, to do what's best for your body and your mind. Um, no, that's not something we do oftentimes. Right. You have to, again, you just have to suck that up by the cup. Everybody has problems. Everybody has pain. You know, no, no. Mm -hmm. no. We have to be gracious with ourselves. Um, I remember a quote I learned last fall, and it's become one of my favorite quotes because it's so real. I saw it in a movie, as a matter of fact. Um, the fault is in our stars, I think. And okay. two young people with a terminal illness, I think cancer, um, found this author that they really, really liked. And it was okay. a book. And the quote is, pain demands to be felt. That means if you don't deal with it, it will deal with you. Oh, yeah. Because it demands to be felt. It absolutely positively demands to be felt because it's a whole indicator that something needs work. That something yeah. is so it demands to be felt, meaning that we can override that, um, whether it's because of the cultural norms that we've adopted, the traditions that we've adopted, we can override it. But that's when you see those cycles repeating in families. Because yeah. the overriding of that pain. But that pain demands to be felt. So if you're not being intentional about tending to the pain, pruning, watering, you know, doing all the things that you need to do to help heal the pain, what happens 
happens is the pain is going to show up in addictions. It's going to show up in um, being angry and irritable all the time and how we treat people is going to show up in not being able to maintain healthy relationships is going to show up in um, that, that distrust that we have. Mm -hmm. It will be felt because it demands itself. And I think, you know, just processing that we can choose to feel it or we can choose to hold it. Because when you, you know, you're saying like, you know, we override it, but really we just holding on to it, you know, because pain is something that passes through. It's supposed to pass through. That's what I'm saying. But when we choose not, when we try to dodge it, you know, (laughs) you know, it came knocking at the door to come do the census and we played like we wasn't home. It's going to keep, look, it's going to keep coming back. Because right. it, it it didn't get to do its job. Right. And so it we think that we're bypassing it, but actually we're experiencing it over an extended period of time when it really was just supposed to be a season and pass. That's right. And, you know, a lot of people, like I know a lot of people talk a lot about toxic um positivity and um you know it took a long time for me to come to terms with that concept because I'm a very positive person and you know and I I, at this point I get it like okay when there's no reality of like that pain exists like you know I get that but you know some people like every other term that's out there people take it far right and so I'm like the thing about it is the reason why I am a positive person and you don't really like, I'm not a person that you will hear a lot of pain from unless like it, it's an ex- sharing exchange. Right. Right. The reason is cause I don't want to hold it. Like I wanted to go ahead and do what it want to do. I want to experience what it needs to teach me. And then I want to move on. Like I don't want that experience anymore. I've done that way before. And right. so I tried to give my emotions their allotted time, in, you know, so to speak. Like you, you you on the program, they said two minutes for visiting pastors. All right, friend, we not, we ain't, how the old people say, we're not going to tarry. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. <laughs> But I try not to feed it. <laughs> I'm an analogy girl, if you haven't picked up on it. I I try not to feed into things more than what is appropriate for them. You know, and I can't control that. I know I ain't got con- I, I I I'm I'm recovering control issues too. I can't control that. It comes in how it comes in, you know, sadness comes how it comes, you know, all of these different upset, whatever it is. But at the end of the day, I still know that I'm entitled to joy. Exactly. Exactly. You know, you know, I, I, I can't, you know, I feel like we are raised in the struggle. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, I'm, a, I'm 
two things when you said that. One, I, I love, because what you're doing is not toxic positivity, right? The toxic positivity, like you said, that, that just falls in that, you, you ain't ever said, ever, ever, ever never? <laughs> you, for real, you, you ain't ever upset, never? Right, like you're like, oh, well, so-and-so just that. Well, just smile, okay. Right, even- Thank you. <laughs> Thank you and good day. <laughs> turned over tables and got upset and stuff, but you don't do you don't. Okay. All right. That's that, you know, that toxic that will just pray about it and it's just going to be well. And this isn't that. No, the, the difference between that and what you're doing, I believe what I do is you acknowledge it. You know, you work through it. You, like I said, you're not trying to let it stay longer than it needs to stay, but you're not judging it because it's there, right? Mm -mm. And if it comes up again, again, it's not judging it as harshly. You're, 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 you're working through it. That is a complete different thing. That is what it, that is more so what it should be. And I know neither one of us started there, mm -mm. you know, at all. Mm -mm. I know. But that's more so what it, what it should look like. But when you said something about the being conditioned for the struggle, it is one of the reasons, and I'm just going to say this on, on whole internet, but that I, I steer away from some um, black movies, you know? I oh, yeah, I can't watch the struggle movies. I'm like, oh, geez. Yeah, you the struggle. Like, as soon as y'all start talking about struggles, it's, it's only certain levels that I can take. It's too hurtful. I'm it's like, we already know what had happened. I don't want to. Right. I can't, I, I can't, why we got it, why we got it, you know, and because don't get me wrong, I know that struggle and understand that we have this, but it's like, we, we where's the joy? Culture. We've built a culture on collective struggle. Where Can we have some collective joy or some collective right. Can we have, can we start working towards that? Can we reinforce those messages as people are out here trying to lean into healing and i'm so glad that even though we have a long way to go that you are starting to see women embrace the soft life right them embrace breathing you're seeing them embrace it at whatever level that works at but at least the conversations are starting they're, they're being had but um making sure that i'm protecting myself and still dealing with my own pain I'm not trying to take on the vicarious pain. I'm not trying no. to take the vicarious stuff, especially doing this work. I can't, no. I can't do this work and then go sit up and watch struggle movies or struggle TV, you know, on that but level. Even, even, you know, to the listeners, even pay attention to the conversations that you have with friends and family, just basic conversations, because I know that was one of the first things that I noticed as I was, you know, really deep into this journey right. because, you know, around that same time I, you know, left my job and all this stuff like that. So like, you know, I'm mostly isolated working from home and I mean, by choice, I enjoy it. I'm an introvert, but um, when I would get in communion with other people, I'm like, is this how we always been talking? Like it, it's, it's, you know, complain about the job and complain about the house and complain about the, you know, we, we just instinctively talk in complaint 
even when, and, and this is the part that I think made it stand out for me, even when we're not unhappy. Even when we're not, because that's what we've been conditioned to do. And being from the deep South, I'm, I'm you know, from Mississippi. And so, you know, passive aggressive is like our second language, you know, mm-hmm. with the bless your hearts and all this other stuff. And I remember after my last divorce, I had, um, because of my situation, I had to be around some people that I'd grown up with, you know, um, some of the adults and what have you. And there was so much, cause I was still on my intentional healing journey, still working things out, but there were things I'd very much recognized. I didn't want to be a part of who I was. Mm-hmm. And there were things that were no longer funny. Right. You know? And so hearing these conversations, the passive aggressiveness, well, why can't we just say what we're going to say? Folks ain't mind readers. Right. Why, why can't we just say, well, this hurt my feelings, or I felt that, or maybe you should, you know, right. why, the, why do we have to walk around you slamming doors and acting up and everybody else know what the situation is, but the person you, why, why can't we communicate, right. you know? Because none of that is healthy. It's not solving the problem. Mm-mm. You know, it's not actually helping. And so recognizing too, when you're, your surroundings, the conversations that you're having and the environments that you're in, is this conducive to your, the life goals that you have for yourself? Is this, you know, if this indicative of your personal mission for yourself, right. you know, how you're seeing yourself in this healing journey or where you want to be, you know? And it's okay to limit those conversations. Like, yeah. you know, I remember I, my mom, my mom was so funny. It was so, it was so terrible, but it was so funny because she was one of those people. She could just have you bawling, laughing, tears streaming down your eyes, your side hurting or what have you. And she is just saying everything under her breath, her lips hardly moving. She's just doing this or what have you. And you're the only one hearing all this foolery that she's speaking. Mm-hmm. My normally kind of shy, but she's outgoing shy. <laughs> but you would know that she had this in her right but a lot of it would be like oh I can't believe she's wearing that and you know oh my gosh did she even look in the mirror before she left the house and it would be you know it would be funny when I was a kid you know it would be hilarious and so I recognized I would still listen to some of those things in my younger adult days on this healing journey that is not funny that might have right. been head when they left the house like it wasn't a choice Right. You start to see the world differently. You start to see the world differently. You start to see more of the humanity of others. You start to see that everybody has a story under the surface that you don't, you don't, don't you don't know. Right. You don't know. And a lot of times, you know, I know I've seen that a lot with people who, you know, quote unquote, got it all together you know people want to like you know people want to tear that down so Mm -hmm. badly but you don't even know what that person's story is behind doors and that person doesn't feel comfortable sharing because you know next thing you know that's ammunition for people to come for them as opposed to you know we we got to start creating more safe spaces you you we do and that's why i love what you're doing what, what we're doing it's that's, a, that's it is creating the safety is creating community so that you can have the conversations right you can say i need help in this area or that you're at least encouraged to you know and and to remove that embarrassment too because i think 
even if it's not something deep, you know, like even simple stuff is like, you know, sitting, you know, like I said, people come to me, you know, and ask these questions. And sometimes, you know, it's just a simple question, but they didn't feel comfortable asking it in front of someone. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, and to, you know, let's change that. Let's change people feeling because, Again, what I know is that the question you asked me, four other people asked me that same question, you know, the struggle that you're going through, uh, millions of other people are are experiencing that same struggle, but everybody's experiencing it separately and alone for no reason. And no reason. You do not have to go through this alone. You don't have to have that experience alone. You can truly make sure that... um, you're putting yourself in or embracing community where it's safe. One of our big things is no shame, no blame. This is a safe space yep. where we don't, we don't shame and blame each other for the decisions or the choices for the experience. Yep. No, it is a safe space. You know, we are going to honor each other's experiences because they are so different. They have gotten us here and we can grow together we can pour into each other, but what, what, what we what we ain't going to do, we're not tearing each other's down. Mm-mm. That's not that's not healing. No. That is not healing, and that's not what we do because we we're over here for healing. Yes, we do. And and I think the beautiful thing is is that you know when you open yourself in that way, when you share, you know, you're vulnerable in that way to share your experience. You're not just healing that other person. You you continuing on your healing journey as well. Right no doubt you are most definitely. And I, I think that people don't understand that the very thing sometimes that you're so ashamed of, that you're hiding, that you're, what have you, that is the very thing that as you share your healing, some things as you're talking, it'll be a revelation as you're speaking it, you know? And so you're pouring into the other person, but you're also pouring into yourself. You know, this idea that you have to have it all together before you can start helping people. That is a lie. First of all, ain't no all together. I'm just let's just throw that out there. Okay. If it's an illusion, it's it's like there. There is no there. There is no all together. And honestly, I don't even know if we want it to be all together. Like, you know, in the way that we think about it, like let's just stop. That's a lot of pressure. I remember wanting to get there and and in my exhaustion, just be like, I'm so glad when I get to this point. I'm so glad when I get to that point. But when I get here, you know. But now on this intentional healing journey, I'm glad that there is no there. I'm glad that there is continual growth. I'm glad that there are, you know, continual experiences. I don't ever, ever, ever want to be at that place where you can't tell me nothing per se. Um, It's fluid. To learn because it is fluid. And some of the things, and this is something else for listeners, giving yourself grace about your healing journey some of the things when you started your healing journey or the catalyst that sent you into that intentional healing journey um, will get you into the journey. But to continue the journey, sometimes there's a going back of things that you still have to deal with. Give yourself some grace if you're like, well, I should be beyond this. No, honey, because my therapist taking me through it right now. And I'm just like, oh, just... right. No, it's. I'm, I'm, (laughs) I'm doing the imposter syndrome, um, challenge, right. And I am setting up, you know, it's, it's called the capable and confident 
challenge because that's what we're really focusing on is like bringing that confident version of yourself forward. And like, as I was creating the content for it, I was like, oh, (laughs) it was in you. Oh. And I, you know, my VIP version, they have group coaching calls and stuff like that. And sometimes I'm on a call and I'm like, write that down right quick. Right. I got to come back to this after this call is over. I got to talk about this later because you're going to always, I mean, but that's what everything in life, not just your growth journey. I mean, I feel like we, we need to always be learners. Right. We need to always be open. We need to always, you know, be in that capacity because I mean, there's so much, there's just so much in life that you're never going to get it all together at the same time. And, you mm-hmm. know, you, you uncover one thing and then you like, wait, there was like 12 more things up under that rug. Like, okay. 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 All right. Right. All right. Well, let's, let's figure this part out. Yeah, then you, you know, it. remember something that happened when you was five and you like, oh, oh, yeah. I need to do that, huh? Right. I need to, I need, I need to, I need to explore that further. Right. Maybe that thing that happened when I was five is why I, I do this thing that I do today. Yes. Yes. Because it's all connected. It's all connected. And so when you, again, no judgment, when you start to understand these things, okay, as my, as my colleague said, it's just research. That's it. It can't, it can't re-hurt you. Right. And, it, and the thing is, is that a lot of it was outside of your control. Like, what were you going to do? You was five. Right. I, I remember my, my old coach telling me that. And I had to clutch my pearls for a second because I was, I was, I was just, I was really clutching them for life because I was like, wait a minute, what? She was like, you were, you were a little kid. What were you going to do? What were you actually going to do? Nothing. Nothing. You were going to do what you did to survive. Right. You just, you, I mean, first of all, I mean, what wheelhouse did you have to pull from? You was five. I mean, how much did you know? Right. And so you carried some of those things as you continue to survive. And here's the thing. We, we don't want to shame our survival tools. No. If you had to be, if you had to learn how to be tough and aggressive and mean, in order to survive and protect yourself, those things kept you safe no. and they helped you make it here, right? right. No judgment. It's just that in your intentional healing journey, you might decide and realize that you no longer need those things in order to thrive. That's okay. Right. There's no judgment for those survival skills. The same skills that you use out there in the woods, if you're stranded in the woods, are not the same skills that you're going to need in your apartment or your house. And I think... I'm glad that you said that because I think that a lot of times when, you know, especially in the the, the, the healing space, when we're promoting transformation, mm-hmm. sometimes we forget to honor the reasons. Right. Because we may want the, we may want the transformation, but that's not a condemnation of our previous self. It is not. It is not. It is a, as a matter of fact, it's an embracing of our previous self. You know, I've, I've heard people who I think maybe don't quite understand healing and they're like, well, 
you know, I don't even, I want to bury that old self. I want to kill that old self. No, you don't want to do that. You want to embrace that part because that part needed you. You needed that part. That part got you through. No matter how ugly it was, it got you through. Right. Embracing that is a part of self-acceptance. And so now you're not telling your story or you're not retelling it, even if it's to yourself with shame. Right. Embrace that part of yourself. You know, even if you have to visualize yourself embracing that version of you, you know, embracing that part of yourself and that part of your story. I think one of the most beautiful things that I've heard um, was around loving every version of yourself and the fact that when you love yourself as you are, you start to make loving decisions for yourself. Mm Mm-hmm. So if you want to grow, then you have to start by loving yourself as is. And I've, you know, I've had that conversation with people, you know, um, in personal life around weight, you know, people, people are very, very mean to themselves when they want to lose weight or get on their, you know, physical health journey. And I'm right. just like, eh. like I got to love me today. Today. Not- like just as I am today, like me being mean to myself is not going to create the type of growth that I want. It's it's not. And it's not health for yourself. So it's not healthy for yourself. It's not going to create the growth. It might get you so far, but it's not sustainable. Uh-uh. But loving yourself well and accepting that, you know what? If I lose the weight, great. I still love me. Right. If I don't wait, great. I still love me. Um, and the people who will love me will love me. Right. Because... I'm not, I'm no longer basing it on that. I'm no longer saying was because I'm this size or because my hair looks like this or because my legs do it. I'm not doing that to myself anymore. Mm -mm. No, you have to love because I mean, like all of the healing, you know, not just that thing, but all of the healing. If you, you, you dipping it in more trauma. That's it. You are re-traumatizing your whole self by doing it. You know, forget what other people are saying. Right. You were traumatizing yourself, you know? No, when you're endeavoring to love yourself well, it's saying, I love me today, no matter what. Right. Even days when it's hard to get out of bed, even when days when you might've, it might've been a bad day. You might've barely gotten through the day. You know, that does not negate the fact that you're still worthy of love, peace, and joy right now. Right that part just, just because not for any that particular part. reason not you don't have to add anything else to it right you that call. part okay right now all right i'm gonna wrap us up because we've been going <laughs> but i told you before we started I, I i i i i honor god in the journey yes 
because some beautiful things were said here. And I know I have to have you back because we we got more to say, but I have to have to wrap us up. So I'm gonna do our wrap up um questions real quick. And then we I wanna I want the audience to hear a little bit more about what you're working on. All right. So my first wrap up question is tell me about your favorite pajamas. Oh wow. So hmm. <laughs> look, so Look, I'll be transparent. My favorite. All right, because look, we 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 family over here. We family over here. So my favorite pajamas is absolutely nothing. All right, be comfortable. I have things I wear around the house um, to, you know, wind down and relax and not be in my, my work clothes or my day clothes. But when I get ready to go to sleep, my go-to is nothing. Now, if I'm, you know, of course, on a trip with, you know, something like that, I put on things for other people's comfort because, of course, that's rude. But <laughs> but it's not... Yeah. Just, just this is how. This is hey y'all. No, that's not what we're doing. But um, my my go to is nothing. It's freeing for me. It's comfortable, especially now that I'm post menopausal and I get hot. Um, so so I feel it, like I'm perimenopausal. That's a different conversation, but mm-hmm. we're gonna have to talk about that. I yes. got questions. <laughs> it is is freeing. So I don't do that to myself anymore. I used to try and then I would wake up and take it off. And so about, I think about six or seven years ago, I said, you know what? I'm just going to stick to the regular. Right. Right. Cause it would be this, I'm, I'm taking it off anyway in the middle of the night. Cause I'm right. hot. So I said, you know what? I'm bumped that I'm done. <laughs> but you get to create your own reality. Like you get to decide that, you know what, why am I stressing myself out because of somebody else's norm? Right, right. Because that was not my norm. It was not for me. It wasn't working for me for years. Like I said, I've been going to bed in it and not waking up in it. So it's like, you know what? Stop playing. Mm-mm, just embrace what is. Yes. <laughs> All right. The next question. My time freedom allows me to. Um, my time freedom allows me to um, be in the moment and really take care of myself. It really does. Um, Before I did not give myself space to do that. And what that care can look like, you mentioned at the top of of our conversation, maybe taking a nap if I need to. Um, It allows me to participate in my wellness by making time for my therapy appointments. I'm not so busy that I'm trying to shuffle down because I've created all this busyness, right? Um, it allows me to be able to work um, anywhere because most of my work is virtual unless we're having an event. Um, but most of all, it's the loving myself. When I feel my body saying it needs rest, when I feel my mind um, needing that, I can give myself space to do it. And now I'm not in judgment because I have all these other things that I've overpacked myself and I've given myself flexibility. So that's what it allows me to do. I like that. So what is your best piece of advice for anyone that's seeking the profits and pajamas lifestyle? Ooh, um, I think my, I, I'm, I'm at two because it depends on where you are in the journey. Okay. If you're initially at the beginning of the journey and you don't even know what your name is sometimes because you're so busy and you know, 
you just don't know, right? Like what you right. mean? On the children, you over there, you know, right? Um, then give yourself grace, which is overall, um, and start where you can start with what you have. Um, one of the things I often say is, if you just have five minutes, set the timer for five minutes, give yourself time to breathe, cry, scream, beat the pillow, throw things safely. Um, whatever you need to do in that five minutes, give yourself that time. When the timer goes off, Musa, and get back to your day. But start small where you can start until you're able to fully embrace because you're shedding, you know, you're shedding these ideals or what have you. So that's it. Start where you can start, even if it's just five minutes, but start. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is most definitely along the way, continually give yourself grace as you learn and you're unlearning. And some of it is relearning things about yourself on this journey. Um, sometimes a little shame will pop up because you'd be like, oh, dang, I didn't know I was that bad. Oh, dang, I didn't know this. Give yourself grace. Remember what you had to do in survival was necessary for you to get here. You should thank it, honor it, give gratitude to it because you're here. You made it. Yes. And it was because of those things in survival that you were able to do so. So that's it. I love that. Absolutely love that. So I want you to tell us a little bit more about um I'm going to give you a moment to say, you know, how they can get in touch with you. But I know that you have a day of rest that's coming up. And I, ooh, <laughs> if I'm not intrigued, I don't know what to call it. But I love, I absolutely love the concept. So I want you to tell the audience a little bit more about that. Okay. Uh, well, our day of collective rest is an opportunity for sisters to come together. We keep groups small. A lot of things, except for like this uh, big summit type things, are very small and intimate on purpose. But um, about 10 to 12 ladies coming together and we walk you through in preparation of rest, starting with breathing, guided meditation, doing a little gentle yoga, then we um, break out for uh, mini massages and mini facials. And of course, we're going to feed you because we eat over here. Uh, <laughs> we're going to eat. That's, we, Southern we, girls. Southern girls, right? Um, but then we're, we're helping you prepare for rest. And then we're talking about some of the things that are getting in the way um, of rest. And now we're actually going to rest. Like, that's that's part of it. We're not we overwhelming you talking about rest and you leave and you're still tired. No, we're actually going to rest. I love it. Oh, afterwards, and we'll have just a little sister circle to wrap things up. And then we're going to send you about your merry way. But the idea is to break down some of those barriers first and getting your mind and body in sync with rest. Because again, one of the things I've learned and am learning since being called to promote rest for, for Black women is we feel so guilty about it. Mm -hmm. so if we might be laying there but our mind is doing this and so we with the meditation with the breathing we're helping you relax so even if you weren't able to fully take that nap you at least can lay there and just try to breathe and relax you know because rest sleep so we do that send you home with some resources and um hope that you can start to incorporate that into your your daily life I absolutely love it. 
um, I will share a link in the um show the show notes about because oh Jesus, I love me. I'm excited. I'm gonna have to get a new pair of pajamas just for this. Um, I like all you have to do is say rest, and I'm I'm there. Like, let me hundred percent there. Yes, yes. Um, so I'm so excited about that. Also, how can people get in touch with you? And how can they find out more about, you know, Black Women Do Heal and just, oh, goodness, you're just doing all of the wonderful things. That's <laughs> okay, mercy. But um, to get in touch with me, uh, you can literally find us on each social media platform. But I would probably stick with LinkedIn, Facebook and IG only because we have Twitter, but that's just it. We have Twitter. We're really not over there. Um, but you can literally- That's a do- part of our rest too. We we going we going things that's not serving us, we're not going to put energy into. I, and I don't put no energy into Twitter at me all. Me neither. And that's fine. It's just here. Um, <laughs> but you can search us, Black Women Do Heal, and find me or Coach Cassie J, and you can find me on those platforms. Um, additionally, you can check out our website at blackwomendoheal.org. Um, and check out what we have going on as well. Um, and um, Or you can give us a call at 504-407-5131 if you have some more personal questions that you just want to ask or to get clarity on some things. Um, and you can email us at director at blackwomendoheal.org. All right. And I will get all of that information and put it in the show notes as well so that you guys can get in touch with Coach Cassie J. Thank you so much for being here and um, sharing your wisdom and just, you know, opening up this topic. I know that we're going to be back together and doing something in the future because, oh, goodness, we as black women, we need to heal and we need to get on that, that, that journey and we deserve it. We do. We We absolutely deserve it. So, you know, having fulfillment, joy, peace in your life is something that can happen today. Not when you retire, not after you go on to yonder today, right now, we, you know, you can start that journey and, um, definitely reach out to get you know to get help with that you know mm-hmm. we we, yes. we got to learn how to get help that's it that's it we got to learn how to get help because otherwise we're just struggling we eat for no reason for no reason absolutely no reason for no yeah. reason so i'm going to end it here because i know we have you know shared so much and um again i appreciate you for being here i appreciate the listeners for listening i hope somebody was touched today and share it with someone else that you love so they can also get on their healing journey all right guys i will see you next week all right Thank you for listening to the Profits in Pajamas podcast. I hope you got some great tips to start working with ease. Want to stay connected? Follow me at Your Workflow on Instagram. For more information about building your luxury brand, register for my upcoming luxury brand workshop at coachdannyd.com.